Scorpions Audio. Welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, a show about weirdos, with your hosts, John Fahey, Aaron Peter, and Matt Brutzone. Hello folks, welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, it's a show about weirdos, doggone it. My name is John Boy, it is John Boy time. I am your host, John Francis Fahey. Joining me as ever is Gilbert Gape himself. Squirt Reynolds, some call him. Uh, Deep Cock Chokia. Deep Cock Chokia, that's right. And he's a guru. That's right. Uh, uh, I, I believe uh, David Blowy. Uh-huh. Shout out to Sam Shepplin, threw that one at us. Uh, yeah. uh, we got uh, Michelangelo's David Duchovny. Hey. Aaron Joseph Peter. Guilty as charged. How are you? You could also call me the Crisco Kid. <laughs> you bet. Because you use it for fisting. Oh, okay. You know that? The, oh, yeah. I, I just figured you'd Yeah, yeah, lube, back in the day, but, the homosexuals. Oh, hom- homosexual. Homosexual men. Okay, cool. Uh, you know, uh, vegetable shortening, cheap, plentiful. Mm, Biodegrade. Yes, good for the body. Yes, yes, food yes. safe. Food grade. Food safe, food grade. The Crisco kid. To your right, my left, the Gaul was it all. The Frenchman henchman. Mm-hmm. The Cape God gape God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Brilliant. Yeah. The Cape Cod Gape God. That comes from Ben on Patreon. That's right. Uh, folks. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Patreon, of course, uh, an extra episode per week, $5 a month. The deity of gaiety. Yes. <laughs> it is handsome Matt Brousseau. Hello. Hi. Hello. How are you doing? I'm great. Feeling good. What do we get on the Patreon? For that $5 a month, what do you get? An extra episode? Extra episode per, uh, per, per week. That's Excuse right. me. And uh, for $5 a month. And then, uh, you know, we threw out the uh, the badge and the sticker. And we uh, really let our hair down on those episodes. Yeah, we did a lot of different we stuff out really there. really do. Yeah. We really go kind of hog wild, mm-hmm. don't we? Mm-hmm. Culinary uh, exploits. Culinary, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 well, culinary. It's like <laughs> yeah, a conspiracy-based yeah. mm-hmm. cooking a, a show. A conspiracy. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I do. I want to say. Uh, uh, I want to dedicate this episode to my friend Brian that passed away suddenly. He's a young man, young kids. Uh, he was really nice. Started taking me to shows and I, like Damn. him and his friends. Like they, when they were like twenty twenty one in Long Island, they were like saw us at shows, saw that we were into punk and really young, and were just like took advantage of going ho to encourage it. Recorded our Damn. first demo. Would drive us to shows, drive us to parties and stuff, and they were just the sweetest guys. Um. I'm sorry, John. Yeah, it was really sad. Uh, Brian Donnelly, rest in peace, my friend. And I'd like to say happy birthday to Tina. Tina, my mother. Yes, yes, thank Mm. you. Thank you, my my mother. My mother, who hated Demi Moore. (laughs) Prettier than her. What's so good about her? (laughs) I'm prettier than her. You're prettier than her. (laughs) Mom. What's so good about her? What the fuck are you talking about, Mom? (laughs) I'm prettier than her? (laughs) (laughs) Like a G.I. Jane? Yeah. Me and my dad are like, yo, G.I. Jane is so good. <laughs> Never saw G.I. Jane one time. And Demi Moore is fine. But what a hang-up to have. I, know, Demi, of, I mean, Demi Moore attractive, is fine. Attractive lady. Yeah. I mean, Bruce Willis got those good years, too, you know? <laughs> I, like I, mean, the, pa- I like the Ashton era myself. Ponder yeah. off on Ashton. <laughs> All right. Yeah, barely. <laughs> gently use. Um... Now, Aaron, uh, you were talking about homosexuality. I love homosexuality. You do, don't you? Yeah. It's, I mean, um, who wouldn't? 
It's, it's, yes. Uh, I would like to talk about. Uh, End of story. Yes. Right. I know. You don't have to get real defensive about it. I'm not. Uh, please elaborate. He's offensive. Well, you know, we've kind of talked about like in the early uh, years of, of the movement. Of the gay rights the, yes, uh, the, in the, the United the States? Queer, uh, uh, the bisexual. There would be some things that would um, kind of get in the mix where you're like, oh, that doesn't happen every day. Um, and I think, you know, a big part of that is, of course, just how suppressed homosexuality was. Mm-hmm. Now, what what era are we speaking about here? Oh, uh, we'd be talking like uh, even, you know, even like, dude, like up to like the 60s, 70s, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. even in... Um, Places you would think uh, are uh, would be potential safe havens, mm-hmm. like the college campus. Not really. Nope. Uh, I don't care how liberal the state is, how Ivy League the school is. Yeah. It was still a hard sell. People very quickly could turn to it, and um, it's an easy scapegoat. Oh, they'll just they just made it uh, like a one to one with like depravity. Yeah. Right? Sure. And 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 uh, bestiality. Yeah. You know, um, so one of the guys uh, I want to talk about is is one of these guys who who is a uh, quite unlikely pioneer. Uh, broke a lot of ground. <laughs> <laughs> was he a pioneer? Huh? Was he a pioneer? Uh, he was a pioneer. As a matter of fact, nice. Um, he is uh, Stephen Donaldson. A.K.A. Uh, born Robert Anthony Martin Jr., known by the pseudonym Donnie the Punk. Oh. Um, and right. he was a political activist, a pioneer in LGBT rights, and uh, writing about punk rock and uh, bisexual rights a- a- activist. I think at first he was um, just a, a simple gayman. Um, and then- Neil Gaiman! <laughs> Uh, but he was born in uh, forty six, uh, son of a naval officer, and he huh. uh, he was uh, in <laughs> what navy? Yeah, <laughs> one fucking sentence in. Can I can I ask you something already? Go ahead. Um, ah, fuck, damn it, I forgot. It was a real question, but I totally forgot. <laughs> <laughs> You're a fucking accomplished time western, you know that? <laughs> so you, you ready? Mm-hmm. He goes uh he goes from port to port, you know. Oh, <laughs> what? Yep, there it is. See? He goes to Germany. I, I think <laughs> it, it's so easy for you. Yeah. <laughs> you taking credit? Mm-hmm. I can't think of what I was gonna say. Oh, I'll go easy, I made it for you. <laughs> um so opened it right up. He said, you know, his dad was a, a stiff upper lip kind of guy, right? I'm not using innuendo here. Okay. <laughs> and uh, you know, um his uh his his mother was um from Texas and uh, you know, kind of like a Scotch Irish. Uh she was kind of uh you know, more of a, a wild one, a little bit more uh, emotionally uh tumultuous and um He's seven, they split up, and um, she uh, gets diagnosed with a mental disorder and abandons her two sons. Uh, didn't Did not see them again f- until 64. So that means you don't see your mom until you're 18 after 
You're seven. It's pretty which, formative stuff, yeah. yeah right. I mean, you don't really need her after you're seven. <laughs> um, at the, special at the age of 12, Aaron, you're going to remember uh, this. Yeah. Uh, he was expelled from the Boy Scouts for getting... Uh, chugging. He was chugging, yeah. He was chugging it. Voluntarily? Yes. He was, yes. Scout, he was scouting. Now, the other boys, because they were pitching and not catching, they didn't get in trouble. Right. It's very manly to get your dick sucked. Oh, they straight up said, like, oh, you took... You're, you were the bottom... The now. chugger. The Chuggies, they all got off scot-free. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think when they're that young, they're actually called Weeblos. <laughs> we, they are called Weeblo Scouts. Weeblo. Not a, not a joke. They're yeah, called Weeblos. Yeah, but they Weeblos. did it, though. He did. Well, he was I the blow, only you blow, Weeblo. <laughs> we all blow. They were, uh, they were we the... We blow one, we blow all. They were those takers that Romney was talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No receipt, homie. <laughs> Dude. That is crazy. Yes. I mean, I'm sure those boys got a, like a right, proper flogging after that from sure, the, sure, all their whole fam- family. But <laughs> I don't know, man. But uh, their dads are like, oh, dude, I they're thinking, oh yeah, man, you fucked that little kid, good son, great. <laughs> I'll get my dick sucked too. Uh, find women. <laughs> he went. So he, uh, you know, big, 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 big fallout over that, of course. Um, and they were just, he was just doing with other boys, not in, like leaders or anything. Yeah, no, no, boy no, on boy just, action. Just some good scout on scout. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they sent him to Germany, uh, where he had already, you know, been like when he was touring. Did he get a badge for that? Yeah, That's merit big. badge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> this one's for tying knots. Oh god. And this one's for busting nuts. Oh. <laughs> Dear God. So they sent him to Germany, uh, where uh, he's got his uh, stepmom's relatives. And um, he decides to to carry on with the homosexuality, um, but he keeps it on on, on the low. Mm. Um, in '62, he comes back to the states uh, to live with his grandparents in uh, Long Branch, New Jersey. Um, he's the editor of the school newspaper. He's an actor. He is a student government officer, and uh, he also uh, gets into libertarian. Uh, conservative uh, politics, right? Well, hey, stay out of my life, type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, mind your own. <laughs> stay out of my life and get into my ass. Now, here's a little thing that comes up that I think you're really going to enjoy. Uh, he's supporting Barry Goldwater for president, mm. um, and he's considering joining the Young Americans for Freedom. But he was uh, so you know like rigid. Whoa. That he decided first he better check with J. Edgar Hoover <laughs> to make sure that the uh, Young Americans of Freedom was not a communist organization or a communist subverted or in danger of becoming subverted by Smart. communists. And Smart. plus he wanted some wardrobe tips. Yeah, exactly. Hoover um, sent back a reply uh, uh, kind of um, praising you know, his steadfast uh, mm. you know, uh, concern about the threat of communism, and then he opened a file on him. Yeah. Hoover just gets a letter and goes, oh, this one's to be watched. He smells, he's like, smells like lilac. Some, we got to start a file on this one. Okay, but here's a weird thing, right? Think about it in um, in, 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 in a couple of contexts. Um, are a guy um, who robbed the armored car that was closeted gay. Mm-hmm. Remember how uptight he was about communism yeah. and the lefties and all that yeah. shit. And he wanted to be a cop. Yeah. And then it was just like, once he fucking was out of the closet, it was like, like ah, I'm the yeah. gayest motherfucker of all time. Yeah. And that's, it's at this point, it's cliche now in, in, you know, our, in our everyday life, we hear that and we go, of course, right. It's always the most, you know, aggressive, but this isn't even a gay, like, so it's, it's like communism, is a, communism is a euphemism for homosexuality. And I think Hoover recognizes it in this kid, his own behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why he opens a file on him. 
Maybe you can find him later. Because he goes like, well, yeah, or, or just like, I can't be the only one with dirt on me. I think was yeah. so much of what was dri- driving Hoover. Sure. Yeah. Did he send back like a teddy bear? He's like, yeah, did put he sprinkle on, some glitter on it? Put this on your dresser. <laughs> but point the eyes at your bed. <laughs> and uh, years later, Don- uh, Donaldson would get a copy through the Freedom of Information uh, Act okay. of, of his own file, like FBI file. Wow. Um, he said, at 18, I fell in love with a baseball teammate and... Um, my casual, uh, you know, sex, sex with boys was... Uh, became romantic. It became very serious. Hmm. And... What position did he play? Uh, I don't know what he played. Um, probably catcher. Um, I think, is that where you're going? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's too easy, John. Come on, man. Uh, well, I don't know. I'm not wrong. He just nodded. was <laughs> <laughs> cheap joke. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> I wouldn't have gone there. <laughs> So uh, that really came out of left field, guys. <laughs> he said uh, he talked with a few uh, uh, grown-ups that he trusted, and um, and he, they said um, if he loved another boy, then he would be a homosexual. And uh, he couldn't even find any books on what that was. Jesus. Um, and one, I think and, he was uh, hanging out at the wrong bookstores. <laughs> well, the hell yeah, it was mentioned in the uh, Matachine Society. M a t t a c h i n e society. Huh. Um, in or it was an organization of homosexuals in New York, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, when the school went there, um, he fucking breaks away from like a school field trip and goes to the offices and uh, becomes a member. Uh, you know, uh, can I be a member of your gay club? <laughs> yeah, tells them he's twenty one because they were like petrified of anybody underage joining. Uh, so he fucked that, <laughs> and um, they were hard as a rock at the thought of anyone underage joining. <laughs> so in sixty five, then he goes to Florida to live with his mom, and um, when she uh, finds out he's carrying on with a Cuban fellow, oh lord, she uh, she outs him in letters to her ex, Robert's father. And uh, your son's gay. I yeah. hope you had you're proud of that. Yeah, <laughs> and, and he's pro Castro, and, and it's a Cuban with big on cut hog. Yeah, <laughs> he fucking selling my mom. Yeah, he did. Yeah, She's he from did. Texas. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's got a big uncut hog. He's got one of them big uncut, big old brown penises. <laughs> Boy. I'm crazy. Haven't seen him in a decade. <laughs> Boy, that sounds good. Um, and to also Columbia University, she would write letters uh, saying, uh, "What a bitch!" Because he he, he, had, he had planned to go, and uh, he's uh, so he he runs away to New York, um, and he said the gays of New York welcomed me enthusiastically, offered hospitality, and brought me out as a butch homosexual. Huh? In contrast to the queens, and um, so he's wearing like overalls with no shirt underneath, growing a mustache out whole nine. <laughs> I don't know if he's fucking <laughs> Super Mario right away, <laughs> but he's, maybe he's Luigi. I think it's Super Mario. It's Super Mario. Uh, but uh, so he's you know meeting somebody. <laughs> didn't even, yeah, dude, yeah. You're, that whole fucking game <laughs> scene is like, dude, it's just fucking Super Mario with no shirt. <laughs> I know. Yeah, wait till Bowser shows. Yeah. Mario and Luigi. <laughs> I don't know where Mario ends and Luigi begins because <laughs> they don't have their shirts on. Guess how this tail stuck on. <laughs> It's a butt plug. I'm a bricklayer. Um, so you want to clean my pipes, plumber? <laughs> so then uh, he uh, he goes to Columbia anyway, and um, the university. Yeah, he uh, he has a uh, a social worker call the dean's office to uh, to verify whether they would even enroll somebody that was known to be an out homosexual. And this is what the 65? sixty-five. 
65. Yeah. So it's just about to turn. Yeah, and he, he's just going, hey, my name is uh, Dave. This is, the, this is the official response. This is from Columbia. Okay. He would be allowed to register on condition that he undergoes psychotherapy mm-hmm. and not attempt to seduce other students. Don't spread that gay shit over yeah, here, pal. Yeah. Dude, because we are real easy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's going to get us. These kids? Oh, you oh. could be with your gay so, magic. So he's, you know, he's Robert, but he starts using the pseudonym uh, Stephen Donaldson so he could uh, carry on an openly gay lifestyle without it reflecting on his family and his father in particular. So he's like a gay superhero. Yes, that's right, Aaron. That's exactly right. <laughs> the mass protects the one you love. Yeah. yeah. That's, his, that's his power. And also, it looks really hot when it's made of leather and you can pee on it. And his dad was teaching math, like, in New Jersey. So it was, like, you know, kind of close. So, um, and Donald, uh, Donaldson was was chosen because of the, the baseball teammate he fell in love with first. Oh. And, um. Donaldson. He didn't know anybody else that was bisexual, uh, and... He uh, does he talk about any of the the dalliances he had with the ladies at all? No, but he, like he he he. Well, that wasn't really a problem. Like it was more about. But, but he was, he was by. But at this point, he was pretty much like I'm I'm with dudes now. Is that what we're getting at? Uh, I think he even identified as bisexual then. But at first, he came out as gay, mm-hmm. and then I think he was just like, oh no, it's ah, sometimes a pussy's nice. So um. He just, you know, uh, one of one of his uh, roommates told the dean that uh, they didn't feel comfortable living with a, a gay man. Dude, what? And uh, why not? And then they kind of turned around and like apologized to him. And the, like, the, roommate? the the roommates, yeah, yeah. There's a couple, and um, yeah, because you get exposed and you realize, oh, you're you're a fucking human being. Um, Shit, man. Summer of 66, yeah, he began a relationship with gay activist Frank Kameny, and uh, he, he had a gr- uh, big influence on uh, on Donaldson. And How do said, you say that? Who is that? K-A-M-E-N-Y. Okay. Yeah, I never... Yeah, and he said, that. Frank gave me a complete education to both homosexuality and the homophile movement, instructing me... Also, in how to respond to attacks from psychiatry, religion, the law, etc., he largely shaped my gay ideology and continued to influence me even after I split with him ideologically in 68-69. So, uh, Kemeny takes him uh, in the summer to Fire Island, Mm -hmm. where our guy also was hanging out while he was on the run from the Mm -hmm. the law uh, in... uh, And he said uh, he he met another gay student from Columbia... uh, James Milham, and uh, he was like, oh, and this guy lives with his boyfriend, who's a guy at NYU, and like, I mean, like, all of this shit is just like, it's not, like, it's it's so secret. Right, it's like you, going, you, to, you go to fucking Xavier's school for gifted youngsters, and right. you're like, oh, shit, this guy's got blue skin, and everybody treats him nice. Like, oh, I mean, seriously, right, can right, you imagine right. just being like, oh, you're gay, and you live kind of close to me? Holy fuck. Yeah. Like, that was like the vibe, you know? I'm not the only and one. When and you, when you're coming from like, I mean, I, I know he was, he lived in Jersey for a while. He ne- did he ever live in Texas? Yeah, Texas, uh, okay, so Germany. Go, he was, you okay. know. And then you go to New York. Right. And you find there's like happy ass gay people yeah. living normal lives. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is where it's at. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I can live a normal life here. Oh. But a lot of it is just you being out. That's all it right, is. Right, but everyone else in the world is out. In, like I mean, you know, straight people like you like right, but all the way out is kind of a thing too. Like the guy that robs the armored car, he's not all the way out until he he is no he, he's got to hide from his family. He's got to hide from everybody. Right, but that's a privilege that people who are not gay don't even realize. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so then when you when you finally meet these people, 
like you, you're like, oh shit, like you don't have to like I fucking wear so a mask or yeah. <laughs> Uh, Donaldson says to uh, this guy Jason he, that they they form uh, a similar kind of uh, organization on campus to the Matachine, mm-hmm. um, a homophile group, right? And uh, they they weren't able to get a uh, recognition right away for the Student Homophile League, um, which is now called the Columbia Queer Alliance. Yeah, um, we had a gay straight alliance at my high school, yeah, and I wasn't in it. They were the only gay students willing to provide their names, and it stopped them getting any university funding until the straights were like enrolling in like solidarity, so that other people could enroll and not have it be weird. Yeah, yeah, Um, you can be a homophile and and be straight. Yeah, yeah, like you're a francophile or whatever, you know. Yeah, I just love the gay cuisine. So, and, and a lot of them were like, you know, kind of like people. Like students in like leadership positions in the school too, so they were kind of like, you gotta, yeah. Um, Are they students with you? Are they your peers, your colleagues? Right. Um. So in April twenty seventh, there's uh, an article about the organization, and and you know, Did you say sixty five or uh, seventy five. I said April twenty seventh of uh, sixty seven. Got it, sixty seven. And. Uh, there's an article, and, and uh, Donaldson has kind of said, like, I'm not going to, you know, make a big deal out of it. But he's totally into making a big deal out of it publicly. And uh, the students thought it was maybe, like, an April Fool's joke. And uh, this article. Yes. And they had an editorial praising that it was a chartered group now. And uh, then they printed all these letters from students attacking uh, the, the decision, but also people defending the decision. And the 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 you know, the faculty or whatever, you know, the kind of like, uh, the school had no official position really. Like, mm. um, but Donaldson, you know, he went on the fucking PR assault. Right. And he was, uh, he wanted to talk about, you know, homosexuality on the radio and, uh, 1000 homo DJs. Right. <laughs> Uh, press releases to to the big newspapers, wire services, magazines, everything. Um, Here's the deal, man. We're a new group on campus. You want to try it out? You try it out. Then there was a, an article uh, a, a, a gay rights supporter saw that uh, he this guy wrote in the New York Times, Columbia Charters Homosexual Group. And that was in the New York Times on May 3rd, 67. The chairman, who uses the pseudonym Stevens Donaldson, said in a telephone interview last night that the organization had been formed because we wanted to get the academic community to support equal rights for homosexuals. In his declaration of principles, the league's 13 points, including that the homosexual is being unjustly, inhumanely, and savagely discriminated against by large segments of American society. Pretty dead on. So, you know, whatever. They go through some, you know, controversy and, uh, you know, it's... Not that big of a deal. They kind of, you know, have to have to, uh, you know, get some. Sh- there's some blowback coming, you know, from parents from that are from different parts of the country too, right? right, right. Uh, the Gainesville Sun. You can imagine what a great paper that is. <laughs> How do they spell Sun? S U N. How do they spell Gainesville? <laughs> they uh, their their headline was student group seats ri- seeks rights for deviants. <laughs> <laughs> Strong start. <sighs> Um, Jesus Christ. University was inundated with outrage letters and the pages of the student newspaper, the Columbia Daily Spectator, were filled with criticism of the decision. The dean of the college called the 
SHL quite unnecessary. <laughs> and the director of the counseling service expressed concern that the group would promote deviant behavior among students. Deviant. Yeah, I'm sure in a college campus, nothing deviant is right, going on. Right. The strong support of the league's advisor, the university chaplain, apparently prevented Columbia officials from revoking the group's charter, but it was oh. forbidden to serve a social function for fear. The chaplain would actually let them use his office and everything. He was really cool. Um, but that uh, it was forbidden to serve a social function for fear that it would violate New York State's sodomy laws. <laughs> oh, no parties because you might be butt and, ba- and mouth fucking. I don't know. Man. Well, no butt fucking. I mean, they can, no, sodomy is anything. It's, awesome. it's mouth and. That's oh, right. Yeah. Boy. It, it's anything that's not. Uh, extra vaginal. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. EV, the extra oh. vaginal. Yeah. You ever see that one? Uh huh. Uh, yeah. A lot of people think sodomy is just butt fucking, and that is uh, incorrect. Ha- only half of the story. <laughs> and there's a lot of sodomy laws still on the books in many states. Mm. Also, the age of consent in many states is 16, and that is Aaron's fact of the show. Speaking of deviants. Eternals now streaming. <laughs> seen in 4K. So one of, one of the groups that comes out against it is the Mattachine Society of New York. Comes out against the, uh, the SHL. The, 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 pre- the president, uh, Dick Dick Leach. No, oh, come on. no, that's no. a pseudonym. L e i t s c h. Oh, not like he's a dick. Maybe, maybe it's Leach. Dude, Dick Leach. Yeah. Pretty great. That's that's that's, called, a, not, that's from Stand by Me. That's called. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think he was an accredited extra. I believe that's nominative determinant. Who played Dick Leach in Stand by Me? <laughs> we all did. <laughs> <laughs> it was Andy Circus. <laughs> Mo Captain. Um, uh, he resented the media attention that SHL had generated, with the, unanim- the unanimous support of the board. Um, they contacted Frank Hogan, the Manhattan District Attorney, and a member of the Columbia Board of Trustees to advise him on how to undermine the SHL. In a, in a, letter, to, in a letter to Hogan, he wrote, The man using the pseudonym Stephen Donaldson is known to me and the Mattachine Society as an irresponsible, publicity-seeking member of an extremist political group. We have grave doubts as to sincerity in his stated aim as helping homosexuals and feel that he may be, instead, a bigoted extremist interested upon wrecking the homophile movement. Plus a tacky queen. <laughs> so I mean, I don't like how he just. It's so it's so crazy. That I think that he's like this balls to the wall that he might be undermining homosexuality. I mean, you know, maybe by now they know he lied about his age and stuff. Who knows? Yeah, maybe or maybe they, you know, hey, listen, man, we get we're there are always in in, in any movement there are the more centrist and more practical, exactly. and then the people who are like, no, man, you got to fucking push the envelope. Right. And so, you know, those people will say you're doing, you know, you're doing harm to the cause by being so aggressive about it. Yeah, you're blowing our, you're and blowing you, our and shit you, up. And you can, you can kind of sympathize with, with that guy, with which the, with Deke Leach. Well, you kind of understand you know, where he's forget, coming from. Don't forget that his building that, that uh, Donaldson found was the only, like, openly gay building you could find in New York. So he's already feeling, like, the pressure... Mm. Pretty acutely, yeah. Right, but also, right, right. but also, it can be said that you know Stephen is trying to expand that pressure away from him. You know what I mean? Mm. Take some, take some of the heat away from him. So. Sure, sure. But but also, maybe if if it doesn't work out for Stephen, they're coming after me next, right? Sure. It's like all of a sudden there's a spotlight on us mm-hmm. now. So you know, a bunch of a bunch of other you know groups from like other uh, colleges and stuff that are kind of like in like the nascent stages, they kind of um, band together. Um. 
He stays involved throughout the 60s, not only as the national leader of the Student Homophile, Student Homophile League, but also as an elected officer of the North American Conference of Homophile Organizations, or NACHO. No nice. way. Dude, really? And of its re- region, Eastern Regional Subsidiary. By 71, there are an estimated 150 gay student groups at colleges and universities, often with official sanction and with remarkable acceptance from fellow students. Dude, nachos? <laughs> Dude, that's so good. You the, bet. The Nacho Alliance? You like that? <laughs> nacho. Nacho Libre! <laughs> So uh, then he becomes a writer. Um, he starts uh, writing uh, for the Associated Press uh, in the summers, and he's got a column in uh, a New York gay magazine called Gay Power, occasionally doing for The Advocate as well, which is hey, a, that's a big one still mm-hmm. around, right? It's the, it's the mm. big one. He works summers as a legislative intern in the offices of U.S. Representative Howard H. Calloway, who is a Republican from Georgia. Wow. Yeah. And Donald, <laughs> Donald E. Lukens, a Republican from Ohio. Um, and Frank Kameni arranged the first internship, which was in the summer of 66. So what's up with those guys? I think he was helping them build some log cabins. Right. <laughs> well, maybe, it, uh, you know, the, 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 the idea of it being as bad as it, it was in, in general society, there wasn't the uniformity among all of the the politicians like there is now. Right. You know, so some of them were like, well, really, is that a... Well, also, oh, was he okay. not using a pseudonym when he was working for these people? Was he using his his his, 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 his Christian name? Oh, I don't know. Oh, that's, he might have been using a, his birth name, that's a really, that's you know, and not at being out, you know. Maybe. But, probably, but if he was introduced by Frank Kameni, probably. Right, that does seem... Um, But so... uh, While... During his time in New York, he was... um, He was... uh was subsisting on working as a hustler. Yeah. And he would work at 53rd and 3rd, made famous by the uh, the Ramon song. And... Uh, uh, the uh, the, the uh, uh, Steel Reserve fame. Yes. And now, uh, now, a hustler, John, would you mind explaining for the folks what a hustler is? Uh, he was selling it. Yeah. He was selling it. And... Uh, and people are buying it. And then... Um, he, and a lot of time it's just mouth stuff. Uh, yeah, and then he was a call boy, they call uh, like mm-hmm. He said uh, went through a, a house. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said uh, he had serviced people from Rock Hudson to Roy Cohn. Sound, a, a, and I bet fucking Trump's bo- other boy was in there, too, at some point. All mm-hmm. friends of Reagan. Right. Uh, who's the dude that got just got part? Stone. Yeah. He, he right, got some stone. stone bone, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, Rock Hudson. Ooh, rolling the dice, dodge a bullet on that one. Mm. He, I bet you the dad from the Brady Bunch was in there too, fucking giving it to him in the squares. You know what I'm talking about the squares? Yeah, I know the squares. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then they had Hollywood squares. They really they liked did. those squares. Oh, dude, the squares are like wow. That was, a hot, that was the hottest thing in TV. Yeah, it's like I got nine TVs on. Oh <laughs> man, don't adjust your television. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hollywood Squares is so far away. They're like, who's in that? And it's like, that might be somebody famous. All you can see is Bruce Falanche because he <laughs> looks like a Muppet. Uh. You're very clearly part of Animal's band. <laughs> so, uh, you know, during his time in Columbia, he was fucking around with uh, the acid, the cannabis. Um, nice. And ass. And um, he, said, he said he became a, a liberal in 67. Um, Good year. After, uh, you know... Uh, the, after the Kerner report on racism towards blacks in the U.S., and then uh, he went full uh, hippy dippy, and uh, 
He was uh, arrested twice for anti-war protests at Columbia, and um, include one was a liberation of the the president of Columbia, uh, his office, uh, and he went to to, uh, to jail uh, for a night in '68. Um, in '66, he had fallen in love with a woman, a, a woman, excuse me. Nice. Uh, Ladies are pretty and soft. And her name was Judith J D Rabbit. Oh, and uh, he—that's he, he, when he started being like, "I'm, I'm bi, man," you know. And um, guys, guys, I gotta tell you something. I know we're into this whole like, homophile league, but you gotta check. This. I mean, have you? You and, know that new organ you were looking for? <laughs> and uh, he felt a lot of prejudice from the gays. Yeah, yeah, I wondered. You're not, uh, you're not a real gay. Yeah. All, all of a sudden, the, are you backing out, dude? Mm-hmm. You can't handle the heat. All of a sudden, the, 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 the house is like, uh, you see what I told you? This guy's a phony. Mm-hmm. A, mm-hmm. He's, he, just, he just crept in our bodies. Yeah. Just, he didn't swallow my thumb. <laughs> no, he swallowed you. He spit in that girl's vagina. <laughs> Came out with a bunch of brojitos later. <laughs> <laughs> it's Philip. It's from Philip. You see that? Oh, no. One of Philip's drink names? The brojito. Yeah, shout out to Philip. Um, <laughs> that was that's guys. We had we did come cocktails in the last Patreon. If you if you want to subscribe, we, we talked about them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, we, yeah, we didn't pound them. <laughs> we did them off, Mike. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, he's 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 uh he's gonna fuck off from from the uh, the community because of the the biphobia, and uh, he decides how is like, gosh, man, you think if there's any group, you're right, that'd you be like think, totally but... like like what? Now you're telling me you do. It's just, come on, man. It just, uh, more holes the better. And you're going to say, like, this guy. Yeah. Just, don't, don't we also get more turned on the more wrong you tell us things are? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that kind of the name of the so, game? Yeah. Like, this is like the kinkiest shit of all time. Like, yeah. everybody hates me. Yeah. I'm, even the deviants think I'm a deviant. What does yeah. that mean? Yeah. Is a deviant squared or. The uh, enemy of my enemy <laughs> is bisexual? Is the pussy. <laughs> um,. So then he uh, he joins uh, the Navy after graduating in 1970. That should settle that. Told you. And uh, he he'd always wanted to to join, you know, his father, Dad. you know, uh, and he's you know he's his father's namesake too, right? Um, uh, he he's a, he's a junior. You mean he's Robert? Yeah, uh, Robert Marin, I think is the name. Mark Marin. Uh, M A R I N. Marine. Oh, well, I should have joined the Marines. <laughs> <laughs> um. Shock, so shock, yeah, shock. he he even bought a sailor's uniform when he was in college. So. Yeah, yeah, no, no shit. Go ahead. Was it, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, he also bought a cowboy or, uniform. Was it full regulation size or was it maybe a little scampy? Yeah, he was a. No, he would he would uh, he would go to the city and he would uh, <laughs> he would, he would pretend to be, pretend to be a, a, a serviceman on a visit. Well, he was a serviceman uh, <laughs> to Pensacola. <laughs> um, dude, that is so funny. Funny, I've already got my my sailor's outfit here already. You know, you spell fucking you Lieutenant spell Dangle. He enlists uh, as a radio man at a NATO base in Italy with a uh, um, you know, totally clean record un- until he uh, he wrote to a former uh, shipmate, a guy named Terry Fountain, about his latest um conquests, women and men. Disgusting. Uh, at, uh, this guy's just cleaning it, it, the house. It, where he's at in uh, Naples, Italy. Oh boy, they love him there. 
Notoriously corrupt Naples. Now, Terry Fountain leaves uh, the letter on his desk. Someone turns it over to the investigative service in the, the naval uh, office. Jesus Terry. And um, then they, they make Fountain sign a statement saying he had sex with Donaldson. And then Fountain later was like, no, I didn't. And uh, in 71, the Navy said, uh, we're going to release Donaldson by general discharge on the grounds of suspected homosexual involvement. Wait, so they, why, did they, why did they make Fountain? Dude, it's the Navy. But yes, but also... Aaron, that was not really a stereotype for most of it. It's the military, period. End the story. Like, dude, it's right, a bunch right, of dudes. But, but like, you guys got to let this go. Aaron, in the 90s, we had Don't Ask, Don't Tell. I know, that was but, progress. But, yeah. Dude, but also, it's an, it's, it has been an open secret for thousands of years. Right. Yeah. You understand not, what I'm saying? Like, not yeah. accepted. It's not really like at the forefront of WW2 like histories, is it? It's just not the impression people had of the, what the military is. They had the direct opposite, in fact. Yeah. <sighs> those dude, those Germans were fucking each other a lot. Uh, at the high tops? At the high tops? Not, the high, the, not the French, I tell you. The high but, tops? What the fuck are you saying? The high echelons? Those, the high tops. The guys sometimes the, he doesn't prepare at all, does the, he? The guys are the big like The high tops? Prepare? You this is your about? episode. I know, and you're not even prepared to react. <laughs> The high tops. What the fuck are you saying? The, the tippy top. The high echelons. The, the, there's the a lot at of the, the top of the ladder. There, you say. the pyramid or the like, human. You let me talk. Well, so so. It, but Mike, why do you think they were they trying to like black, not blackmail, but like kind of like fountain? Hey, if you don't go along with whatever, our, why would they tie him? Why they make him sign the same statement? Yeah, because it's kind of a fucking. It, it's 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 just like. That's how they do it, man. That's how cops do it. You got to get multiple people to say there was a crime. Right, well, that's what I mean. Then that's it seems like there's more of a crime instead of just a guy talking shit. So you got, you got, you're trying to drum him out, right? You want to get it out. Was the point to get Donaldson out? The yes, reason that yes, they, they wanted sure. Fountain to do like, yeah. Okay. But okay. then you, yeah, I know. I get it. But like, dude, you are hired murderers. Let the guys fuck. Right. Like that's the, I just, I just don't get it. Well, yeah, of course. You're there to kill people. No, of course. I mean, it, it's, let them blow off some steam. Sure, it, it is stupid. Yeah, no question about that. But if if they believe at that time that it is deviant, then you don't want. Oh, and they to, also think that everybody's gonna fucking uh, you know stop following orders and shit. It's right. gonna become well, a big fucking orgy. Like all of a sudden, if remember you just, all that shit Nixon said. Oh, every civilization crumbles. Sure, people we know do it, but anytime everybody they, keeps it behind closed doors, they're yeah, not out there. Exactly. Right. And he's an idiot. But. Because right, I'm, that is the thinking, though. Yeah, if if they are deviants, they're not going to follow orders. They're going to be just sucking dicks and fucking all the time. And I mean, yeah. the army is a well-oiled yeah, machine. It's, just, it's and, just so and that is hot, ridiculous. I mean, of course, it's ridiculous. It's preposterous. I feel like everybody knows what happens when you put a bunch of guys together. Well, that's why I never masturbate alone. I'm doing it with my <laughs> boy. All right, check this out. Okay. In the tens of thousands of hearings since World War II where comparable actions had been taken on the basis of comparable evidence, in the tens of thousands of cases, mm -hmm. similar circumstances, the matter ended there with the sailors skulking away in disgrace. Petty Officer Martin, however, went public with what happened to him and swore to fight for an honorable, honorable discharge. 
What was more, he enlisted some powerful support. So Donnie was just always like, nah, fuck that. Yeah, yeah like, let's fucking go, dude. I'm one of the gayest motherfuckers of all time. And not even, I'm so gay, I'm bi. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm so gay, I like pussy. I'm, 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 the, I'm the gay version of gay. Yeah. Too, yeah, gay, too gay for the gays. He wasn't going to sit down and take it. Too hot to handle, too cold to hold, man. Yeah. Mm. So, um, three, th- some of the, <laughs> six congressional representatives were supporting him. Uh... Uh, New York's Bella Abzug, who called his case a witch hunt. Uh, Edward Koch, oh. mayor, uh, not yet the student, but yeah. notoriously gay man. Uh, Senators Richard Schweiker of Pennsylvania, Sam Irvin of North Carolina, um, who's also president of the American Psychiatric Association. Huh? Uh, Judd Marmer, uh, who had uh, been influential in having homosexuality removed from the APA's official list of clinical disorders. Yeah. Uh, Chief had it had at that point had it been removed? So this is well, yes, it had because I remember they it was a big thing when they removed it from the DSM. Right. Uh, God, good for him, huh? Fuck, yeah. that's a big deal. Yeah. The ACLU comes out, gives him a, a staff attorney, tote, um, bag, tote bag. Even the dean of uh, Columbia College, uh, Carl Hoved. Sent the Navy a letter praising Martin as a man for whom I have great respect and making the questionable claim that the young man never that the young man never sought controversy. Um, never sought controversy. Yeah, they're saying it's 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 a it, that is an outrageous claim because he he, he, he did. He mean, so the their defense was that you should give him an honorable discharge because yes yeah. he did nothing wrong. You just don't like it. Is that basically yeah, is, is, that, yes, the, is that the right. kind of the argument there? Sounds like yeah. yeah. And uh, so uh, he received a general discharge in 72, despite all that support. And um, he continued to fight. And uh, in 1977, his discharge was upgraded to honorable. No shit. Yes. Um, As part of President Carter's sweeping amnesty program for Vietnam-era draft evaders, deserters, and service Mm -hmm. members. Um, Ah. At the time, Martin told Gay Week, what an honorable discharge means to me is that it's the nation's way of saying that it is proud of gay veterans and by extension that it is proud of millions of gay veterans and current service people. We've come a long way. I I think that... And still, don't ask, don't tell until... I I think that's a a positive interpretation of... You gotta gotta look at it glass half full because you gotta... It's baby steps. Yeah. Right. Uh... Then, um, let's see, there's a quote here. Um, somebody said, dude, there should be a, a th- like a modern fucking band of thieves. Like, you gotta have all gay division. I bet you send those guys into fucking to creep. Oh, the, the historian from, uh, from Eisenbach from Columbia said, Martin's groundbreaking public battle against the Navy kicked off a series of well publicized challenges to military discharges that harnessed and directed the energy of the gay rights movement of the 1970s. Um, then he said, after nearly two years as a sailor, I got kicked out for homosexual involvement, a charge I received shortly after becoming a Buddhist Quaker. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and thus a pacifist. A Buddhist Quaker? That's right. I mean, they, couldn't you kick him out of the Navy for becoming a Buddhist Quaker? <laughs> Bitter at this second... <laughs> uh, Nixon had give him a buck and uh, give him a pass. Bitter at this second homopho- ho- homophobic expulsion, which deprived me of the identity I loved more than any other, that of a sailor... And of a bisexual no longer feeling comfortable within the gay liberation movement, I found myself in June 72 attending the annual Friends Quaker General Conference in Ithaca, New York. The theme for the year was, where should friends be pioneering now? Contemplating that question, I organized an impromptu workshop on bisexuality and was astonished to find 130 Quakers. No shit. One of every 10 General Conference attendees 
overflowing into five meeting rooms and an auditorium for two days of lively discussion based more on experience than on abstract theories. Finally, I was surrounded by bisexually identified friends, capital F and lowercase f, formally considering the topic of bisexuality. Thus, identity led me to activism. The lack of, of reliable information on bisexuality, bisexuality, homosexuality, and sexuality in general was a concern to many of these friends. Bisexual friends spoke freely about their conditions and answered many questions. There was agreement that many friends needed to become much more informed on these subjects and that this could be best be accomplished through monthly and yearly meetings and future general conferences. So now he's... How can we talk about it if we can't talk about it? Yeah. But it, it is... It is uh, that's... LGBT Quaker, baby. Yeah. <laughs> that's what led him to act... He was already... And act, like it was already. Yeah, it does seem like I'm looking for a new thing. Yeah, I mean, this is what led me to about. activism. He was already. An he activist. already was an activist, so, right? But he was just saying, like, I guess uh, it, it wasn't. He found one that wasn't as dogmatic, I guess, in this very unlikely place. He, right. I, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not saying he's. I'm not saying he's phony. I'm just saying it. It, it is a. Wherever this guy goes, phrase. he's going to be an activist. Yes. And, and this it, guy found activism being a Buddhist Quaker bisexual. Like, so the group. <laughs> yes, exactly. He said this group adopted by consensus the Ithaca statement of bisexuality, which is the the statement which may have been the first public declaration of the bisexual movement, and was certainly the first statement on bisexual issued by an American religious assembly. Appeared in the Quaker the Quaker Friends Journal and the Advocate in seventy two. Dude, cool. that's bonkers. Nuts. 72. That's do you, cool. What yeah. did the statement say? Some of us, we like both. <laughs> uh, no, I, it was probably just, you know, we're here, we like both. We're here, we're bye, <laughs> goodbye. Uh, <laughs> try the oatmeal. We're bye and large. Uh, uh, try the oatmeal. Yeah, You like that? Uh, after a series of meetings, the Committee of Friends on Bisexuality was formed with Donaldson using the, the, the name of Bob Martin, which is kind of his, his real name. And it's uh, as its chair until he left the he left the Quakers in seventy seven. He was involved in the New York bisexual movement in the mid seventies. Um, in seventy four, he appeared on New York Gay Activist Alliance panel with Kate Millett. Um, he was uh, he believes that bisexuality would perceive much more threatening and that to the prevailing sexual order than homosexuality because it potentially subverted everyone's identity. Yes, um, you are you are um, you are a com- you were already uh, a competitor to both sexes. And not only both that, sexes but, but that was every, a threat to their... But, but also that everybody's kind of bi. Yeah, yeah. That's the real threat. So, yeah. The, yeah the, should, that's the, the deep, like, deep, deep, but like no. the kind of first level uh, yes, yes. subconscious threat that people perceive yes. or they don't even know they perceive is like, oh, this guy's fucking... Like, what? This, is what, a, what? this is a good... This is a good... Real quick. I'm going to get... Like, let both of you say but he said, the idea that everyone's... Uh, that everyone is potentially bisexual is widespread and could not... Unlike exclusive homosexuality, be confined to a segregated, stigmatized, and therefore manageable ghetto. Right. You the can't ghettoize yeah. the fact that everybody's, well, you know, the Kinsey scale. Everyone's a little gay. Wait, yeah. well, well, then what box do I put you in? Right, right. How do I, you know. How do I keep you away from what, whatever? What star do I put on you? What M do I put on your eye? Right. Or what color skin is like, well, everybody's fucking. What were you going to say, Ben? Well, I was going to say this. So, I mean, the, like you were saying, the first one. Where they're that they might take away your your partner or people interested in you. That's like the resources, mm-hmm. right? So that's like the the, the sexual essen- competitiveness, the essentials to live, right? And then the second thing is is your inter. It's a challenge to your internal identity, understanding, right. right? And then that's a like you said, just it's a deeper. Once you get past the essentials to live, then you all of a sudden you have sure. time to think about yeah. that, and you're like, oh shit, who am I now? And right. that's that makes it even more dangerous in its own way. Mm-hmm. 
It's a, yeah, it's a threat to your own Identi- understanding of yourself in the universe. <clears throat> yeah. Um, he and uh, the bisexual activist Brenda Howard and uh, gay activist uh, L. Craig Schoonmaker are credited with popularizing the word pride to describe LGBT pride celebrations. No shit. Uh, that are now held around the room every June. Um, after he was discharged from the Navy in 72, Donaldson moved to D.C. Uh, he worked as, as a Pentagon correspondent for the Overseas Weekly, a privately owned newspaper, and uh, it was distributed to servicemen uh, uh, stationed in Europe. Full-time servicemen? Or? <laughs> yeah. And uh, Come on, that's good. <laughs> okay, it's great. A full-time serviceman? I got it. I got it. <laughs> Not everybody's going to get that joke. It's pretty inside. But it's a pretty, like, classic cut of the show. Because I'm looking for a full-time service man in northwestern Massachusetts. Central Massachusetts. Central Massachusetts. To worship slash clean this hairy, unwashed, wide-open shithole on a regular basis with no reciprocation. No receipt. No receipt, man. Come on. So. Now, that's a different type of freedom. He, uh, he he considers himself a Quaker, and, um, he, uh, (laughs) what? Is he the Quaker? The Quaker is apparently very accepting. Dude, I know. I, know, I just are, picture him are, like on the fucking can of oats. <laughs> <laughs> His sailor's hat. Not a Quaker sailor's hat, it. you know? Like, I, I did, But also the phrase considers himself. Um, yeah. This, so, this, this so, is my religion. But he would go to the meetings and stuff like that. And um, they would do these like pray-ins at the White House, um, you know, in this like uh, pacifist thing, the Committee for Nonviolence. And... Um, they they uh they said uh, they did like an uh commemoration of the bombing of Nagasaki on its 20th 28th anniversary uh and for the fuck Hiroshima <laughs> but you got to you got to remember Nagasaki for the victims of all wars and violence um and the protesters they were referred to as the White House 7 were arrested for unlawful entry and released on bail except for Donaldson who refused and spent the night in the DC jail before being released by uh the judge the following morning um, on August 14th, he was one of 66 demonstrators, uh, who took part in another, uh, sponsored praying at the White House protesting the bombing of Cambodia, where he was again arrested. Um, he again refused to post bail on the grounds that he hadn't done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And Three hots on a cot? I'll take it. He said, I was protesting against the bail system under which the privileged, the white, the middle class. He's state. right. Will you let me talk? Sorry, I'm just, I'm vibing on it. I got it. I'm vibing on it. Under which the white, the middle class escaped the pretrial confinements, which go automatically to the poor and black. In good conscience, I could not take advantage of the privileges available to me. In jail, however, I could not escape those privileges. I was sent directly to cell block four, third floor, the privileged area where I could and did play chess with Gordon Liddy. G Gordon Liddy? <laughs> no shit. I could and did. <laughs> I won't say who won. Where one man rooms for 45 respectable prisoners were never locked. Liddy. Jesus wrote in his autobiography that he heard that Donaldson worked for the Washington Post and suspected it of uh, of uh, you know kind of be, uh, being there on behalf of Woodward and Burns, seeing them all or something. And uh, so they were playing two types of chess: the four D chess. <laughs> yeah. But Liddy apparently also later recognized that like Donnie was a guy that was a man of action, and yes. he, and he kind of respected him even though he was like politically like light years away from mm. him. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, you know, red game, recognized game. And to be that aware about the bail system back then, yeah, is pretty 
pretty top notch. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, well, you're in all these, you know, countercultural groups that like you're based by birth, mm-hmm. right? And then you're, you know, uh, choosing to, you know, vibe out into the other ones that like, you know, you think would be hostile to you, the Quakers. And then they're really cool. And they're so down for nonviolence that they're even hipper than you think they would be. Mm-hmm. And so you're getting just this, you know, w- like whirlwind of education on multiple fronts. Yeah, all your all your preconceived notions are constantly being shaken up. Right, right. But quaked up. Because, yeah. because he was a, a troublemaker. Everybody sees him coming as a troublemaker. The only one that won't, won't post bail. Bail's $10. Jesus. Okay. Really? So he's not, I mean, he's, he's making a stand. Yeah, he's well, making, of course, he he's, making, making, a, he's making a statement. Of yeah. Right. So there's a guy named uh, the guard captain, Clinton Cobb, okay, at the jail. Um, he tells him, he's like, post bail. And he goes, no. And then he has him move to the most dangerous cell block. Mm. And uh, this guy uh, named Baseball comes up to him. You boys want I'm sorry, it was baseball. Baseball comes up to him and says, uh, we hear you're a pacifist, and we want to talk to you about pacifism. And then uh, they lead him into a cell, and then he is raped by an estimated 45 male inmates. Uh, anally and orally. That's sodomy, Matt. Great. Uh... And let's take a break right there. <laughs> oh, Jesus. We'll be right back, folks. And we're back. Now, John, you were telling about uh, telling us about this 46 man gang rape. Would you like to hear from Donnie's mouth himself? Mm. <laughs> you don't? <laughs> no, I mean, for sure. <laughs> I don't want to, but Is let's it, hear it. It's important it, to the story. Can he still use it? Three guys were already in the cell. About five followed after me, including baseball. They told me to pull my pants down, and I said, hell no. <laughs> so they picked me up and started banging my head against the bunk steel framework. Oh. They did this several times, and they threw me down onto this toilet seat, so I'm sitting okay, there. Okay, okay. Maybe do give a trigger warning for this particular segment. <laughs> This is real. Oh, oh, I didn't think you were gonna what a turnaround. I didn't think you were going to describe the gang rape. I'm not. Oh, he is. Yeah, you didn't think he would talk about his own rape? I didn't think that we were going to get into the... I love it. Please tell me more, but like, hey... I love it, but give it a trigger warning. He's the weirdest fucking bastard I've ever met in my life. What the hell are you talking about? Welcome to Profiles and Eccentricity. (laughs) Just say, hey, we're going to talk about this gang rape right now. Okay? I said it. So he said, uh, uh... They threw me down in the toilet seat, so I'm sitting there and baseball swings his stick in front of me in front of my mouth and tells me to suck it. I refused. They told me there was no place in the prison where they couldn't get to me, and I knew this to be true. They said they'd kill me if I snitched on them, and baseball's hitting me on the head left and right. It hurt so much. There was no escape, so I finally took his dick in my mouth, figuring it would stop the pain. His partner was next. I think it was the third guy who wanted to fuck my ass, and I still wouldn't take my pants off, so they ripped him off and hauled me over to the bottom bunk and stretched me out to the bottom bunk on my stomach and put a pillow over my head so that I couldn't make any noise. And uh, the guy tried to fuck me, and he couldn't get it in. So tight. And they had to call for some grease, and they greased on my ass, and then he finally managed to get it in. Crisco? That's what made me choose this one instead of the other one I was going to do. Was, was you, the me was saying you the Crisco saying, kid? You saying Crisco earlier on that show. Man. Nice, <laughs> You see what happens when you listen to this, man? <laughs> I know. He's the Crisco kid, man. 
He's say, I'd say overall maybe a third of the guys went up my ass and the rest of them got head. There was a lot of variation in the reaction. Some guys were really, uh, were really rough and they'd make racial comments, for example. Your ass belongs to the black man. Don't ever forget it. <sighs> Stuff like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I do appreciate typical, it. Yeah. Typical bedroom, locker room, <laughs> uh, jail cell the, talk. The ca- the you know, guy, boys will be boys. Other guys would be just the opposite. They'd be calling me by their girlfriend's name, especially if they were fucking me, and they'd be like, Lick the back of my neck and the, my earlobes, and I guess that's what they do as girls, you know, just perceive me as the girl's substitute. And some of them would stay inside after they came for a while, which I discovered was very welcome relief since they weren't moving. <laughs> it wasn't hurting, oh. and it kept anybody else from getting in me. Oh, God. God damn it, John. What? It's, it makes sense. Of course it makes sense. Um, Dear God. So, you know, <laughs> you know, the best part was when they came because they stopped. When they stayed in me after they came. Dude, because- that, that prison guard, man, does he, he never says his name. Probably didn't know his name. That prison guard set him up for that. Cobb. Cobb. Oh, his name was Cobb. Okay. He was the, he, he 100% set him up for that because yeah. he wouldn't do the bail. Yeah. Because Cobb thought that he was deliberately trying to do a thing on uh, how fucked up the prison was. G. Gordon Liddy thinks he's over here trying to do some Watergate shit. Corn on the fucking cob thinks he's fucking trying to talk about the the, the, the ruin that D.C. jails are in. And it just proves his point. Yes. yes. Like, and also, I like, just wanted to prove that bail was fucking inherently, yeah. you know, biased to the rich and white. Well, well, yeah. And meanwhile, instead, instead I my a, ass belongs to the black man. Yeah. Now tell me where the disparity in ownership is. Right. And this is a guy that famously won't shut up, fights the Navy about being gay. What do you think he's so, going to do so when, when he gets he, out? When he gets out, it's Donnie the Punk won't shut up. That's what he's famous for. Now so, tell people what a punk is, because you told me this, and I, I this punk, was uh, about a year or two. So a punk rock does come from a highly derogatory prison term, uh, the punk, uh, which is like, there's, you know, I, I think maybe they get into it a little bit in like Shawshank or something, but there was this thing of like- There's fish? There's kind of- It's uh, like a chicken head type thing, or- It's, it's the lowest sexual oh. service, because oh. they're straight up girlfriends yes. in prison. Sissy, sisters. And they're, they're like- Protect it, yeah. right? They, 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 Im- they are women in the jail. Like, right, Tweez, right. they are. They, they, they're, they're the yeah. Women. But right. a punk is like someone who is just like you're just nothing, and you just give me head, and I treat you like less than trash. It's, right, right. In the prison caste system, the punk is the lowest. Yikes! Um, and when they used it in punk rock, it was kind of like you know these things. Like it was, it was used as derogatory thing, and then it was kind of. Taking that and and uh, uh, weaponizing it or using it as a badge of honor, right? Which Donnie the Punk would actually do with being an actual prison punk, yeah. Um, but he had to go through this experience to get there, mm-hmm. and it's not easy. No, uh, no, it's awful. But just hang with me, okay? In the story, yeah, of course, yeah. He says, I went through all kinds of changes during those hours. Part of the During those hours? Oh, God. Hours. I had some out-of-body experiences. There were times when I was imagining what it felt like for the guys that were on me, you know? What was motivating them or what it did feel like for them. Because, like, Donnie also has, like, an IQ of, like, 175. Like, so he's... This guy's turning a gang rape, a prison gang rape, into a... Psychedelic inward journey. Well, he's he's, he's already he's already been on kind of the psychedelic trip. Well, yeah, he's 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 exiting the situation in his mind, right? He's of course he's, he's going. I'm not here still, anymore. Like, that's, but here's the thing, too. Wow, this is just this Lemons is this, lemonade, is, this huh? is just some kind of like hardcore shit. And guys, listen, I know it's not the easiest to hear about, but if you hear about a victim of rape, even though it's a man, which is the not common victim of this, it's still 
shows it just shows how how he got through it. Right. Um and it's pretty fucking crazy. Um but he says, yeah, I have these out of body experiences. Um I was thinking about what motivated these guys. There was times where I felt like I was paying for all the sins of the white race. Uh, there were times when I had very religious feelings. It, it, it was it was like this was God Almighty to which I could only surrender. God was represented by this eternal big black dick, you know, because <laughs> after a while, I couldn't differentiate really between one person and the next. It was just this endless big black dick that was in me. Oh my Every God. last one of them. There was only one other white boy on the block, and he was getting fucked too. <laughs> That's the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Don't say that. Don't say that. Just... God is one endless big black dick. He's <laughs> painting the white race. I, I want to see that in the churches instead of Dude, like cut. This Jesus. makes N Words Revenge look like a fucking Disney movie. It's not a movie. I know. Yet. There were moments, for example, where I felt like I was just dead. You know, all of my ego defenses have been totally demolished and I had nothing left to live for. I had nothing left to fight about. There was just nothing left. And the amazing thing was that even through all the pain and terror, you go into a state of total relaxation. You know, because there's just nothing left to defend. You just have to give yourself up to the will of God, basically. You know, into thy hands I commend my spirit and all that. And that was a very religious experience. In the shower room... Well, can, if, I, if I may, because there are, you know, a, a lot of, there are a lot of these um, works of art, like the, the Passion of St. Teresa or, right. or whatever. And, and a lot of these, like, you know, these uh, Renaissance sculptures are, are like these saints being pierced by arrows of god yes because the the passion is is not it's a pain and an an ecstasy yeah and so that like that you know the the encounter being like that encounter with the divine is 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 not um all it's not all lollipops and rainbows right and so the way he's describing this horrific experience as being like I mean, that, you could if you take the dick out of it and you put in mushrooms, it is like oh, I, you just have to give up and surrender to right, it because right, the, right. that's really the only way to. Well, and also, yeah, this thing of like you know, just what you could—that's incredible. You could take as like pure evil, and then just go like, okay, well, I'm dealing with it, you know, and it's what, it's, how it's can, what can I get? It's hell. It's happening. So we're so here. I'm queer. I'm and, getting raped. Get, I'm getting used to it. And is it gonna break my spirit? No, you know, and right. then he also like almost talks about like how the physical reaction of it being unending goes like, you know, anything gets normalized mm-hmm. almost, uh, which is a crazy thing, you know, to think. But um, God is one never-ending black dick. So they start they, baseball in the gang. They start charging cigarettes for Donnie, and uh, uh, this, is, this is yeah, like when when do they start like in this in these hours of rape? Oh, oh, after, after. But like, how long is he in jail? For? He can't be held for more than twenty-four, right? Or, or if it's over, over the weekend. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's uh, well, he, in, he, in this short, he keep, short, he keeps not being uh, uh, bailed out or whatever. So, uh, I don't know if he's held in contempt or what's going on. Well, but, like they can only hold you for twenty-four hours, or if it's over the weekend, right? Without charging you with a crime. Well, they might be charging these guys that are continually. Raping that's them. I think that's yeah. what I'm getting at. Is that I think they start they start opening it up to the gen pop. Yeah. For SIGs. So it's uh, two packs for a crack at Donnie. And uh, and then at 1030, they take him to the showers. Uh, and uh, two packs of cigarettes. 
He says, in the shower room, they had me on all fours, front and back, and I was getting it front and back at the same time for maybe half an hour. And then baseball started pissing on me, and a bunch of guys followed his example. They pissed on me or pissed into my mouth, had me open up my mouth, and then just pissed down my throat. And for me, this was a welcome relief, too, because it didn't hurt. Sure. I was in terrible <laughs> agony. My ass and my throat were both just incredibly painful. And so when they pissed on me, it was just like warm water. It was just like warm water from the shower running over me. And my whole mind mentality was at a very animal level, just very basic. And he, he thought, you know. So some. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Yep. At least something is washing the taste out of cock, shit, piss, cum, and blood out of my mouth. Okay. So one guy. Uh, Jesus he, Christ. He's got a bunch of cigarettes, right? Oh. So he is dying to himself for a night. And cigarettes. He goes, so I ended up in somebody else's cell after the doors were locked. And he wanted to fuck me. And I begged him not to do it. And he said, well, you know, I really got to do it. <laughs> I paid all these cigarettes. And he goes, but, he goes, but I'll be real quick about it. He was true to his word. I mean, he came off lickety split. <laughs> then he stayed inside me for, I don't know, about an hour, I guess. He just, like, covered me up. And it was a very strange experience. He was soothing me. You know, I was crying. I really let go emotionally, and his body warmth was like enveloping me, giving me all these very mixed feelings, and he was saying, oh, you know, this is just how we treat guys on the first night. It won't happen again. And he was really trying to cheer me up. It was very strange. And it's like through the wilderness, and he meets how me. How old is he here? Not this is, this is 67. He's born 46. So he's 21. Yeah. So... Baseball comes around the next morning, right? And they, uh, he was, you know, raped about 15 times more the next day. Uh, so that's 60 something times in 24 hours. And, uh, then he he runs off to some like like guards post and a pair a pair of uh, a pair of the guards uh they they bring him on like you know kind of pull him out of there, and then the guards just told him like Cobb set you up, oh like because you were making this stand. This place ain't that bad, and so he goes to a veterans hospital Jesus and he's Christ. he's recovering. He needs like rectal surgery. Yeah, dude, you yeah yeah you that's bad and bad bad. bad. Uh. And he said, the government stood up the terrorism my rectum, which the government occasioned. Say that again slowly. Because the government that... sewed up the tears in my rectum, which the government occasioned. Jesus Christ. And then he said, uh, he summoned a press conference. And he said, I've been brutally raped or in jail. Nobody had ever talked about this. Uh, he's like, nobody seems to be accountable for what happened to me. And... Um, you know, they, they don't like the prison people don't seem to care, but uh, the media was just going like, yeah, what the fuck? And then he was uh, acquitted of all charges relating to the prey in. <laughs> Imagine going through this over praying. Yeah, we're going to send you to a cage. No. Because you prayed in front of this building. Yeah. We're going to send you to a place where these men rape you, mouth, ass, and pee in you. Because you prayed. Well, no. Protesting because violence. You, because you prayed and then you won't pay us $10. Now, and and then violence. we're worried you're going to prove this place is bad. Yeah, we're worried that you came here to talk about how bad this place is. So we're going to show you how bad this place is. <laughs> yeah. You better not talk. Yeah. 
One television station and one newspaper carried editorials under the headline Nightmares of DC Jail. The Star News wrote, It is particularly ironic that the victim of this latest nightmare chose to go to the jail rather than post-collateral because he wanted to understand at an experience level what the prison system is all about. No, but that's completely missing the point of what he he was... He survived the lesson, but only just. And being a man of uncommon understanding, he may also survive its after effects. <laughs> On August 28th, Donaldson met with attorney William Schaefer, who agreed to represent him in a possible civil suit against D.C. Department of Corrections with the goal of pressuring officials to make major improvements to the jail system. Donaldson wrote the following year about this time of agony. I was faced with an awful decision to cooperate in one prosecution of the two young inmates who had led the rapes to bring suit against the Department of Corrections or to drop out of the legal process because he kind of had to do both, mm -hmm. a criminal and a civil. Yeah. The prospect of giving my assailants a still longer prison term went contrary to my deep convictions. Yet many who were working to change the penal system felt that the first prosecution of a prison rape case would set a significant precedent and have a real deterrent effect on such situations in the future. He is playing chess. Bill Schaefer was advising me that the civil suit would be considerably handicapped if I did not go through with the prosecution of the inmates. Mm. He was confident of winning such a suit, but warned me that the government would probably defend itself outside the court by launching a smear campaign in the press against me and those close to me. Torn between my rigid principles and my private pain, I spent weeks in hell trying to come to a decision. After deliberations with the Langley Hill meeting, Donaldson decided on the October 20th to not file a civil suit and to not cooperate with the grand jury inquiry into a criminal suit against his attackers. Fuck! Damn. Still didn't want to give these guys a longer prison sentence. Jesus Christ. Dude. And then you have to hope that, like, I mean, is the publicity about it enough? It's, that is, uh, that's but then the iron will type of shit. Does the publicity change if he doesn't go through with it? <sighs> well, speaking of that, uh, the rest of the White House 7, they defend themselves uh, against the charge of illegal entry. They were found guilty and sentenced on September 26th to the choice of $25 or five days in jail, or a one-year unsupervised probation conditional on promise not to violate any local, state, or federal law during that period. Donaldson rejected the probation outright. I cannot promise to abide by all the laws of the United States, he said, because if there's an unjust law that has to be broken to further divine purposes, I will break it. At first, Donaldson chose to go to jail rather than pay the fine, which he viewed as cooperating with the government. He changed his mind after finding out he would be returned to the same jail in Washington, D.C. You guys have baseball here? <laughs> he said, my conscience tells me I should have gone to jail. And he goes, but I just couldn't after all that. Dude. Well, plus, if he, you know, if he goes back to the jail in the media, they go, well, it wasn't that big of a deal then. He's going right he back. He went there. right back. How bad could it? He probably liked it. Uh, what a nightmare. Yeah. Pay the 25 bucks in pennies. That's a statement. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Ass pennies. Yeah, shoot them out of your ass. Which is, at this point, roomy. Jeez. So, yeah, he tried to get, you know, some kind of, like, you know, mental health stuff. That wasn't, you know, really taken seriously. <laughs> um, God damn it. God damn it. But, you know... He kind of just keeps his composure a little bit, and he, he you know, he, he starts writing, um, and he, you know, he's he's just so frank and open about everything that it's like a lot of, you know, it's one of these guys that has to kind of 
you know, die on the cross to get to that. How are we going to talk about it if we can't talk about it? Mm-hmm. Like the first person to talk about it, everybody's like, that guy's crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and then, especially when you hear that, like, he's like not even like out for revenge. You yeah. go like, okay, that What's, guy's crazy. Why isn't he yeah, out yeah. for revenge? This whole turn the other cheek thing. Right, right. Um, and then whispers happen, you know, then you, you know, the fire rises. Um. So he uh, he's going he's he's you know he's going along with his life in uh, 1976, and he's he's in North Carolina, the bicentennial, and the uh, bicentennial. Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> he's going through uh, Jacksonville, North Carolina, and uh, he takes a piss outside his hotel room. No, oh, no, and there's a cop there. And the, cop. the cops and like, don't the, waste that pee pee. The cops, uh, they find a half ounce of weed in his room. And uh, why he, did he take a piss outside of his hotel room? Ah, uh, it doesn't. He's scarred, I don't know, dude. He's man. fucked up, dude. He, yeah. He's got pissed on in the showers and. Sh- uh, so yeah, he was um, you know, he's on his way to Florida to see his mom. Whatever. Uh, his mother committed suicide. He's <laughs> gonna see her grave. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, there was a little marine town, so you know. Like a, a town of Marines. Yes. Oh, okay. And so uh, he takes he takes a, a leak in the in the parking lot. The cops see him and uh, they find the weed. And he uh, there's twelve Marines in the jail. He's the only sailor, right? Oh God, damn it! And uh, eleven of them raped him that night. And uh, seven of them were black. Four of them were white guys. And uh, he goes, I was quite paralyzed. Psychologically, the trauma of D.C. flooded back into my consciousness, and I was just shaking. No way to resist it. So the first night was pretty grim. Then the next morning, the four white Marines came up to me in a group and said, you're moving in with us. <laughs> like that. So I figured, what the hell? I might as well. God damn it, So they Tom. moved me into their cell. There were five of us in a four-man cell, and they took turns sleeping on the floor, keeping everybody else out. And essentially, they taught me the role of jail punk. You know, they protected me from everybody else. If I went to the shower, I had a four-man Marine escort taking me to the shower. They brought my food and trays to me. If I needed stamps, they gave them to me. Anything I needed, they got it for me. And they never said anything to put me down. Never once, which amazed me. We just stayed in that cell 24 hours a day, and these guys being 19, 20, two of them 21, the horniest time of their life, you know, they were bored all the time. And the way they would deal with their boredom was to have sex with me. So I must have spent half my time in those three weeks with some Marine dick in me. One end or the other. There was one of them who liked to fuck me. The other three were oral. And they would do some things to me that in my head were pretty strange. Again, <laughs> contrasting with the DC experience. Like? Dan, who was put in charge of me, he would sit up in the bunk reading cowboy stories, right? And he'd have me lie down with my head in his lap and he'd stroke my head, just not doing anything sexual. And I asked him, why do you do this? And he's like, this is what I'm going to do with my girlfriend at home. He goes, I figured, why not do it with you? And so, you know, he's like... One of the things you have to understand after you spend hour after hour in intimate contact with people, things happen. He goes, first of all, you have to relax eventually. You just have to. Time and fatigue will do that. Mm-hmm. When you relax, you develop an awareness of other things going on. And this is when I really started becoming aware of intimacy and body warmth and closeness and stuff like that. Hmm. Um, having a guy's dick in your mouth for an hour or two, you know, you can uh, An hour or two? You know, you connect with the guy. I mean, I don't care how you feel about it when you start out. It's so close and there's this incredibly intense nonverbal communication. I discovered that learning to relax that I became very good at giving head, at giving deep throat. And all I had to do was go into a certain total relaxation, which my Buddhist meditation had prepared me for. I'd just meditate. I discovered that they could throat me for hours on end. I mean, they were in heaven. 
It was the most wonderful thing that happened. I think it's called Nirvana, John. <laughs> it was the most wonderful thing that happened since they were locked up. And they got very grateful and cherished the experience. He, he gave these cons enlightenment through the throat goat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he kind of starts finding, like, this is so fucked up. social structure in the role of the punk. Of course. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's a my it's a my all these you know little bubbles are microcosms for for the for the world at large. Right. So he goes back. He gets gets released. Um. He he goes back to uh school. He he cuts his school. He just he he went through school, but they sent him like he's still in his twenties and they sent him back to Columbia. Uh. He he chose, he to, chose go to, to go to yeah. He chose to go back. Who's they? Well, I mean, back to I, I mean they, but I mean like, listen, <laughs> kid, world. you've learned a lot. <laughs> well, getting raped in prison doesn't mean like you're all right. Just hold on. You're better at geography. It's just oh god. What you got to go back to school now? What are you I'm saying? saying got to go back to school. I'm not saying it's like oh it's a oh pain no you got to go back to school to get raped sixty times. I don't no, understand. No, I'm not saying like oh what a pain in the ass to go back to school. I mean like uh, what a uh. What do you call it? Not culture shock, but like, oh, I'm going from like this crazy institution where I'm being raped. Okay, all right. Well, then I gotta go back to here. Now I'm going here, and like, what? Hear it out. Hear it out. I know it's just it's crazy. So what happens is he cuts his wrists, uh, and then uh, he tries to get arrested. Uh, He gets um, he gets arrested in May of '77 for selling acid to an undercover uh, cop, and he's. Sent back to jail, and he goes, um, I was very good at resisting pressure by now. I didn't want to go through another gang rape, so I basically agreed with guys who were putting pressure on me to give them what they wanted. And there the pattern was buddies, pairs of buddies would take me, and they'd get in a dormitory bunk and hang sheets on both sides so nobody could see, and one would fuck me in the ass and the mouth at the same time. And they'd watch each other, right? And I could feel this energy going through me. And he's laughing while saying this. <laughs> he goes, like, I feel this energy going through me. Because the back and forth between the two of them was quite something. It was like, here's these two really close buddies, right? Close friends. And they get a chance to sort of be sexual with each other without being in... Without yeah. being gay. Without yeah. being subordinate to yeah. one another. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right? That's the old... I, I, I've talked about... Like, that's the funny thing about, like, oh, two guys... on. If even it's two guys and a girl or two guys and a guy, it's like... It's a way to be intimate with somebody without being intimate with them. Right. Is that you're sharing this vessel between. Yeah, we share a moment, you know. A flashlight yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah. it might be or a fucking watermelon. Chinese uh, penis trip. So uh, they one of them catches him, you know, one of the guards catches him, and he's thrown into a, a, a solitary thing. Oh, God. Like they should have done in the fucking beginning. Jesus Christ. Uh, and this is this is kind of like for the guys that, like, you know, get fucked too much, but it's also for the guys that fuck too much. So the worst rapists are there. And the most vulnerable, vulnerable victims. Mm-hmm. But it's solitary, so what, they're just, like, talking to him through the... It's uh, it's not really solitary. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a segregation area, they call it. Oh, no. So basically, these guys, these, guys, these guys had paid the guards to throw him in there. Ugh. So... What the fuck? God. Uh, so then he's, he's, um... So then he's raped again, and now he's like, uh-uh. So he starts throwing dukes. <laughs> right, Donnie's just like, nah, man, this ain't this ain't cool, <laughs> right? And um, you know, uh, so then they they get him out of there. They throw him in a solitary den and uh, actual solitary, right? And then he's um, 
he's thrown back to the segregation area. A prisoner named Terry recognized him, and he goes, look, it's Donnie the Punk. <laughs> Name forever. Yeah, didn't I butt fuck you in D.C. General? About, about three years ago, didn't... And he goes, so I was in there with a bunch of white guys, and Terry put a claim on me, and he became my man for, I guess, another two and a half months. He was a burglar from Texas who had grown up in the circus. Really fascinating kid. <laughs> 21-year-old sailor, and he was very nice to me. Like, whenever he got some pot, he'd always share it with me. He had one really peculiar customer, and I think well, you're going to like I, this. Now, now, what was that, John? Anytime he had to take a piss, he would, make, he would make me open my mouth. No. And Why? He, and he'd piss in my mouth. I thought... Well, this is really hard to understand. <laughs> well, this guy... I mean, it's not the first time it's been in why, here. Why does he only do this? This guy's a weirdo. And in the, and in the absence of privacy with the other cellmates, uh, he wouldn't talk about it. So eventually, I know, I put two and two together. 175 IQ, Aaron. I mean, man, this guy's smart. Well, he, he put one and one together. Terry and I were very stable in the cell, but with the other two bunks, it was a constant flow of people in and out. And whenever somebody was moved in there, one of the first things they would experience that they'd see was this really, really tough guy, Terry, making me drink his piss. And they'd get freaked out and totally intimidated. They never challenged him. Oh. He never had to fight in that cell. Everyone regarded him as the king. It was a totally effective tactic. As soon as I caught on to it and I realized that my security was also secured the same way. I started because, chugging because piss. It, because it depended on his, then I was able to appreciate it. Terry, it's, don't you have to pee? It man? still wasn't easy, but it developed over time into something more like a bond Jesus between us. Christ. It became almost like a gift. And usually when I would do it with my man, our eyes would be locked and I would be looking up at him. It was symbolic reaffirmation of the whole role of him being on top and being a, being a submissive punk. It's a new world order. You know? Relating, but relating to each other, not being an object. Yeah. Dude, that is. Oh, boy. Really just. I, I think that's called trickle down economics. <laughs> trickle down necronomics. Necronomics is. Necronomics. 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 Ah, necronomics. <laughs> trickle down necronomics would be if he was dead. <laughs> Dude, that, like, I realize that this dynamic. Preserves our whole system and way of life, so and I willingly drink the piss. And now they're making eye contact where it's like, dude, you and me dude, together, bro. Seeking out arrest to go back to the embrace, right? So that's what that's what I wanted. I didn't. I, I stopped myself from when he tried. When he tried to, to, to so get, he kept trying to get arrested. He, he found because, himself longing for for the security of the system, right? That's brutal. You know, you get, that's called being institutionalized, right? Partially. Is oh, that yeah. he is now like, well, normal life is just not, does, you know, it's like going to war. Right. Normal life just doesn't hack it anymore. Yeah, but like nothing, you know, okay, so if he says, he, he, you know, he tries to cut his wrist, whatever. Um, was that to, was that a cry for help or was that an honest suicide attempt? Uh, <laughs> it could, I don't it know. could have been both. I don't know. But uh, then, then, he, then he abandons that to just get trying to get arrested in, uh, by other means. Right. Yes. I mean, yeah. Maybe he didn't want to die. He just didn't want to live. God, in that prison piss where you're just eating like fucking Salisbury steak and smoking five packs a day. Yeah. Oof. God, that's got to be a. a, a, a it's not like today's ooh, piss. Stringent. Not, not like the influencer piss of today. So eventually, Terry. Um, they, they they had uh you know one of these these cell newcomers was it was a a frightened. And uh, with Terry's consent, Donnie moved on him. She, so the Go abuse on. He said the abuser. He said, I had some misgivings about all of this, but I told myself that I was really being good to him and meeting his emotional needs. 
and had not used real violence or threatened him, for the most part, the exhilaration of demonstrating my masculinity of conquest of sexual release swept those reservations. To, to protect to protect this newcomer. Oh no, he's no, he's, no, he's fucking this. He's guy. fucking. But is that to lay claim to him to protect him down the road? He's saying it was both. I told myself it was one, but he was really the other. He goes, for the most part, the exhilaration of demonstrating my masculinity. Which how many times has he had a chance to do that? Exactly zero. Oh well, punk- well, at the very least, we could have fucking. Charge the guys who well, he, he did beat some guys. He did try and beat. Listen, there's nothing more masculine than chugging down a liter of piss, dude. Honestly. All right, hold on, hold on. <laughs> the exhilaration of demonstrating my masculinity of conquest of sexually swept those reservations aside. Somewhere deep in my soul, I suppose there lurks a jailhouse rapist. So, well, no, 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 not somewhere deep in his soul. You he know, he is a jailhouse ra- jail no, rapist. You know who this guy it. is? This guy is the American. Gay punk Alexander Alekhine. Not Alexander Alekhine, um, Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Guy goes to the gulag and immediately starts examining his entire life for all the wrongdoings he did. Not doing anything wrong. Just sitting in the gulag, just self just introspective introspective right and and coming up, you know, the line of you know, the line between good and evil runs through the heart of all men. Right. And there is go ahead, Matt. Say it. That's the most disappointing thing I've heard. Like this entire that moment right there completely changes everything I thought about this guy. I know, but also how I mean, how much did he take to get him there? But at the same time, how much did he force himself to take? He had a chance to 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 what? to prosecute the people who did it, to go after the prison system. Sure. But, and, he, but what he, did he do? He said, Oh now all of a sudden he's uh, he But he thought he was punishing people along with the prison system. He thought he was he was serving the prison system. Like I, you know. I understand, I understand that. I understand that in that moment he was like, "Oh, I'm just going to be part of the system and even hurt these guys even more." But being in prison doesn't mean you get to rape people. I know that is the unwritten rule. No, but it, but you're right. I know that is the unwritten rule. But those guys, what they did to him. He is not prosecuting them for the system. He's prosecuting them for what they did to him. Right. And he says, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. And by not doing that, he also completely disavows the case against the entire system, which may have had way more help right. to it's, so many people right. no, I mean, well, in I've, so I've, many ways. Uh, yeah, right. And, and now every, every, he's in the system and perpetuating the system. Well, no, after that, he gets out and he, like, he gets involved with, like, you know, punk subculture and stuff, and he does he does do almost nothing but prison reform for the rest of his life. That type of inf- honesty and introspection and realizing, like, man, even I, the victim of countless gang rapes, and the one that thinks it's above, I'm above it. I even I realize, ooh, I can, I'm an animal, and I even I can see the appeal of committing this heinous act, and I think that's. No, I, mean, I, I I don't want to say like oh man rapes admiral, but I mean like I see this guy being like shit man when even when I victim of victims got a taste of uh-huh. being the oppressor, I kind of liked it. Yeah, well, I, well, I, I'm okay, sorry. all right. That, all right I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm just saying ahead, that that sorry, is fucking. It's not as if it, we have to have a verdict on Donnie's a good or a bad guy. No, he's just one of those figures where it has to be said that yeah. society rounds a curb. He is a curb that society has to round and be like, okay, w- w- is this okay? 
is this a, like like what the fuck is going on here? Right. And uh, he and he you know, like I mean he he fucking definitely took a lot more than he dished out. Well, it, was, it, was, it was certainly certainly but 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 he's going through this uh, this apostle phase. He's, he's like I will never I will never uh, take part in the and and he and then eventually well, no he did say he he did say nonviolence but he didn't use violence. He did. He, he did use intimidation, I'm sure. Sure, but 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 I'm but I'm just saying the 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 thing that makes someone an apostle, and that's what he has been building up to, is to... And to, for him to realize that he's not... I mean, I think that, that I, realization, I under, to be honest with yourself, under, is commendable. I understand that. But that is also... He's a, clearly a very thoughtful and very smart guy, and that is a thing that is... He's talking about this afterwards. Yeah. But I'm just saying in in the in the 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 journey that he's made, you know, this is the moment where the the he the sainthood is gone. And I was I was in this story hoping for of all the bad things, this guy would always be above it. But it's very human of him. And yeah, that's fine. I'm not saying he's a good is. or bad person. Sure. I'm just saying it is a thing and it's like Ah, it's a bummer. Right. It is just a bummer. Uh, yeah. And it's just, that's what I, that's I it. think it adds, I'm, I understand what you're saying, but I think it adds even more weight to his message. You know, fucking Martin Luther King was fucking cheating on his wife. And like, oh, yes, but that yeah, wasn't that, that, that was his cause. His yeah. cause had I know, nothing to but do it, with that. But it, it humanized. It wasn't fucking the, the, the Grand Wizard of the KKK. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's in secret. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, well, if it wasn't for you meddling whites. <laughs> but I mean, I think those things, I think those, those stories where they show the flaw in the hero make them more accessible. Well, he, he, and he's the one that tells. Like, it, yes. it's not coming from anybody it's, else's yeah, mouth. It's not dirt. It's him going, listen, man, I like. I don't know. I find those side. I, I find those stories where the uh, the the protagonist admits their flaw and and their failings. Yeah, they suck a little. And and bounce and then bounces back from it. Hopefully, quote fingers crossed. But like, I think that makes the story even more compelling. Yeah. Well, it's certainly more relatable. But and then know, that's what that's what's inspiring is that but, you too. Despite your fucking nasty ass perversions and, and moral failings, <laughs> but, but can be you too. But I'm saying that I mean this story, this story of the of the man doing that, is more common than someone uh, uh, bowling a perfect game. Well, not bowling a perfect game. Everybody, well, there's so many bowling, bowling is not there. But so, someone, some you know the 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 trajectory of of always turning the other cheek. It is. It is. It is gone, and it does. It is very interesting. Yes, and it's certainly more relatable. But that uh, that that journey into uh, sainthood. Okay. Okay. Right? All right. All right. So so you, let me. Let, I'm going to talk to you on on a mat level. Sure. I'm going to talk to you on a mat level. I don't know what that means. Down on the mat. I'm going to talk jujitsu now. You're gonna, yeah, we're going to get down on the mat. You ready? Oh boy. You ready? And paint. So don't forget. Remember when we said he was uh, coming into the the career community? They invited him as a a butch. Right in the early stages. The Super Mario. Right. 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 So he keeps talking about this thing about, like, you know, he writes about his masculinity and how, like, you know, he's like, not like, you know, I don't, I don't fucking matter to my mom, right? Mm -hmm. She fucks off, you know, my dad is like, I'm a fucking disgrace to him. Everybody says, you know, like, whatever, fucking, you're, you're a deviant. This is one thing after another. Then, you know, brutalized for trying to be altruistic um, again and again and again. 
um, only ever feeling a home with guys that kind of casually rape him on, you know what I mean? Like it's like, there's a lot there where he's going like, when the fuck am I ever going to, to be able to flex my masculinity? Right. Sure. sure. Mm. So after that, around like 1980, he, he writes, um, circumstances arose in which it produced an overwhelming feeling of powerlessness, helplessness, and now being recognized as a human, not being recognized as a human being, but rather being treated in purely bureaucratic terms by a government agency to which I had turned in vain with an urgent need for help. This is for like medical care. With, I th- with like the VA, the yeah. Okay, I think I think he's he's got AIDS. Uh, it's 1980, of course. And he says I feel I felt that my masculinity was at stake, and that I had to regain control of the situation or go under trying. As the Bruce Springsteen song goes, <laughs> sometimes I feel so weak I just want to explode. Mm-hmm. These feelings are directly related to my DC experience, the subconscious emotions that are dredged up when I feel completely vulnerable. In this state, I went out with a gun and violently confronted the government, uh, though without injuring anyone. Somebody just, like, he flashed a gun while asking for medical care that he had been refused. And then a nurse was like, put that away, that's not real. And he just, like, shot a window. Um, and he goes... Mm. I knew I would be going back to jail for it. And this was probably a major factor as well in determining my action. It was in jail that I, I felt I knew the rules and could find security, a means of coping with my helplessness. The jail punk in me was looking for a way home. Mm -hmm. Even as the man in me was striking back by force of arms, assuming control of the situation, returning the government, some of the rape it had given me Mm. having accomplished my objective. I surrendered to the police and was led away once more to the darkness on the edge of society, to the darkness on the edge of town that Springsteen sang about. Fuck. And, it, you know, the devil you know, like, I know this place. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, it was, I was exciting, excited to listen to a guy uh, pitch a perfect game, <laughs> despite the brutality around him. And he didn't. And uh, that's why... He, but he won. Like... He didn't win. No. No, really but didn't. I mean, like, the game is a, it's of historical note, and it doesn't, like... The performance matters whether or not he won the game or if it was perfect. Well, it's just more than anything. It's just interesting to see how it, it, the, mm-hmm. the nuance of where it went and why. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> I mean, you know, this idea. Listen, Rocky, in Rocky 1, he loses. And it's fucking great. Yeah, what's, but what's your point? It's not whether you win or lose. It's how you take the prison rate. <laughs> And it kind of rhymed. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, he said, uh, less than a year into his term, he had been raped once, assaulted once, and claimed by five different men. Say that one more time. <sighs> you, I, I, didn't under, I didn't catch what you said. Less than a year into his term, Donaldson had been raped once, mm-hmm. assaulted once, and claimed by five different men. And in jail, he was feeling his uh, transfer to a maximum security prison. God. Uh, which is slightly ironic. He spent over a year in, pro- in protective custody there, uh, <laughs> which he described as a solitary retreat. Uh, <sighs> yeah, they're like, we're, you're, we're putting you in maximum security because you're not safe in regular jail, not because you're a danger to society. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, what does that say? He was never right? a danger. What does that say about regular so jail? So he, he was talking to this person, Bo, Lo- Bo Lozoff, that was uh, leader of the prison ashram project, which encourages convicts to use their prisons as ashrams. Uh, which is a religious. Don't say ashrams, ashrams like booth, like you know temples. I didn't say ashrams. You said ashrams because you're ten, nine. <laughs> he did tell you not to say. It. Don't I said, said to in their nine. correspondence. Uh, uh, he said he wanted to help other survivors, but he said 
Writing and working on the rape question and the enslavement of punks and gays poses a major dilemma for my own spiritual work because everything I do in it reinforces my identity as a punk since I am speaking out of experience. Perhaps one reason why I work to help other punks in transcending their punk identity is that the destructive results of assuming that identity are all too manifest in my own life, where the identity has become so firmly attached as to be part of my own name, mm. Donnie the Punk. I can't get it. You don't want no part of this. That kind of thing. You don't want no part of this, do we? Like that thing. Like, don't be like me. I can't escape this. Or he's just like, I can't even help you because it's so much a part of me. But yeah. Yeah. Fuck, that's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's a really good guy. It's just, you know. The, uh, yeah. So uh, he really does, he really does mean well. Uh, yeah. So he's, he gets involved with a uh, stop prisoner rave, you know, with these guys that are, you know, all like kind of like into, uh, Religious stuff and everything, and uh, he writes for uh, you know uh, Flipside JDS Maximum Rock and Roll, which I used to write for. Hey. Um, did, you, did you know? No, he would have been before my time. Okay. He would have been very much like eighties. Uh, and uh, before uh, the weekly hardcore matinees at CBGBs, they would have uh, meetings uh, with people of the Alternative Press and Radio Council, and. Uh, so he got he got out he got back out he got back out yeah and he was kind of more involved with you know just like kind of like you know gay activist shit on the streets in New York and uh, and he had uh, he was HIV positive yeah he was the associator of the Encyclopedia of Homosexuality oh neat huh. um and uh, in 19, 1996, he died age forty nine of age <sighs> damn man uh, that's a fucking fire burning bright to Colum- Columbia Queer Alliance renamed his student lounge in his honor. Um, the SPR uh, the Stop Prison Rape continues to work for prisoners' rights and contributed to gaining passage of the first U.S. law against rape in prison. Prison Rape Elimination Act of 2003. Oh, good. I'm glad they jumped on that quickly. Uh, I mean, <laughs> did, that, but that was the thing. Like he said, like, most of the attitude... It was like a two pronged thing. It was like they deserve it, or yeah. or don't drop the soap. Like a treat, it, it, like, treat it, it like a that's, joke. That's the that is the 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 like one of the worst things that people laughed off for generations. Yes, was prison rape. Yeah, as if like, oh, dude, ra- raping men's fine. Yeah, no, like I know that ninety nine point nine 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 percent of rapists are men. Yeah, but and not, that's not, unacceptable. But ninety nine, not ninety nine percent of rape victims are are men, are, 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 are women, know, are women, are right. women, right? right? Like, dude, men are the rapists. We got that, yeah. right. and that's horrible and that's bad. But like, the rape victims are not. It's not fucking yeah. that disparate. Like, yeah. and it's not cool or funny. Especially when we all know that most people in jail are in there for bullshit fucking reasons. Right, but even if they're not. Like I know a even guy. if you're even if you're there for fucking killing a dog, you don't deserve to be raped. No, I mean I know a guy that went to prison for like fucking kids, like little kids, and, and raping him isn't. I'm that's what I'm, no, I was gonna say the same thing. I was just like, do I do I need like do I need him to get raped? I no. was like, I was like, what's I gonna prove to him? Yeah. No, you can what that might makes right, which yeah. is what he was teaching that kid. Yeah, I don't fucking now you can that. beat you can beat the shit out of those guys, which is fine, and. Kind of cool. Kind of cool, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to give you the privilege of sucking the inspector's dick. 
and from what you and I have heard from uh, from people that, that we've known that, that have been to prison, uh, rape is not as common as it was. No, no. No. They have cracked down on... I believe one of our listeners said prison's kind of bitched out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. We just, we should, should should prison should be bitched out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Colin sounded kind of bummed about it. No, but like... Yeah, the, 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 yeah. You, you letting... The, the people running the prison, letting prisoners do that, means they're they're not actually enforcing oh, God. the whole point of the prison. Anything. It's like, you're, you should, oh, they're abusing people now? You're getting off on they, these guys getting off. Yeah, yes. It's, it, yeah, it's a human zoo, and you're disgusting. And yeah. it's, an, it's a nightmare. Yeah. We shouldn't be putting people in cages, period, except for extremely rare circumstances. And the fact that it was just a fucking punchline on must-see TV for fucking 40 years dude, is dude, an uh, dude, abomination. Dude, we should all be hold on, hold on, hold on. ashamed of ourselves. What? Like, uh, the, uh... Ashamed. Enjoy a foot long in jail. Was when fucking uh, Jared? Jared, got, yeah. Well, that, when he, that was the New York Post headline. Oh. Yeah. Well, the New York Post is... <laughs> That's a pretty good headline. It's a good headline, but... It's a great headline. It's the New York Post. I, re- I really like dumb jokes, but... Also, that is like, that's like, you know, I know we, we I know, don't we don't tell know, those jokes I, I, about murderers. I know it's a tabloid and everything, but it's still like something kids go to see on the way to school, huh. and they're gonna be like, "What does enjoy a footlong in jail mean?" Right? And they're gonna be like, "Oh, one of like our societal elders is saying, I hope this man gets fucked by a crazier, tougher man, yeah, because in, of what in, in an arena." Of iron. Oh, oh, oh yeah, like what the fuck is that? Yeah, yeah. like and, and we and, and and it's something we don't say about murderers, yes. people who end people's lives. Right, right. Like we have this very weird. Yeah, we like fetishize them for some fucking reason. Yeah, we fucking give them front page nudes. We marry uh, them. They marry them and yeah, marry right? them. Send them love letters, uh, miniseries. Nobody, everyone wants to play the murderer on Lifetime. Nobody wants to play the fucking famous rapist. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a part of it like like it, it doesn't it doesn't decrease anything about the trauma. It obviously fucked him up hardcore, but I enjoy the parts where he talks about it in this way, where he's just kind of like, "All right, what now? Am I gonna let it break me?" Right? No, he's, and, incredibly. There's just some like, stuff like that where yeah. you go like, "Shit!" Dancing the potential empathi- in yourself, em- empathizing with, with your rapist, with the rapist. I mean, it's, that's it's, next it's, level shit. Incredibly, incredibly thoughtful. Just to to. Re- to talk about his consciousness during it and removing himself from the situation, and but also you know he you know he it, it's one of the are there any other modern accounts of someone who who is so conscious and 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 uh, willing to talk about a situation like that? No, yeah. because and, they're and, women, and and what and a lot of and women historically have not had their accounts taken down. Oh, sure. okay. I was like, I was like, you say women can't be eloquent? No, no, no. no, no. That's and absolutely not what I'm saying. I'm saying you know, women, high percentage of rape victims, yeah. but historically not written down their yeah. accounts. But you you do hear this in the literature of just going out of body. Right. That, you know, like, I just, you just kind of dissociate, right? Yeah. Or you even block the memory out completely. So right. it lines up, right? right. Like it, the math checks out. Yeah. Um, it's There's just a, that this uh, guy. I should also say that my introduction to this came from the rape issue. Of answer me. I was gonna say, and no, and right. that was the one that they you know like lost the scene of or whatever. And it is 
a really extra, extra, extra mean like issue of of answer me, but it still has these good like thoughtful writing. It's just kind of undermined by how much they're being like, oh, rape, yeah, yeah, rape's yeah. fucked up, right? Yeah. You know. And Jim Go and the piss drinking. Jim Go, no, 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 no. That's all. Piss drinks. That's uh, all. Fun. That's I mean, all kosher. <laughs> everything Donnie says is just like. Yo, here's how it was, but it's but, just so rough. But Jim Goad is kind of like behind it, going like, "Yo, is it rape fucked up?" But like, but he's also like a talented writer. He's able to see the perspective of Donnie the Punk and be like, "Isn't there something interesting here?" Like, he would always do that in the zine, but he he's just kind of like undermined it by being like an is, asshole. Is, is, yeah, like, yeah. is it fucked up stuff? Fucked up? You're, you're not wrong. You're just an asshole, yeah, Jim. Exactly. Yeah, God, he he, he compares a uh, you know taking back, and he's not really wrong, I guess. You know, taking back the punk. Moniker or whatever, or or, la- or label it compares it to, to the N word. Yeah. yeah, sure. It's it's, it's and, right there. And white trash. And I was like, oh. nah, not so much. I was like, I don't know if white trash is on the same. Not thing. even close. No, but that's why he like you know he yeah. writes the redneck. No, it's a very similar. Uh, other than you can still say punk and white trash <laughs> and white trash, no problem. Regardless of the audience, but it is like reclaiming it, and you know now it's punk rock. It's well, not like right. And Goad, I will say also too, like early hip hop, he was kind of like Segura in that way. He was like on top of the Ghetto Boys. He was really like you know, um, way way more seemed way more into rap than he was into punk, which is so funny because like Answer Me was such a like a punk zine, you know. Uh, And I was telling Matt, you know, like Goad has been like, I guess because uh, Pat Oswalt was like getting shit for supporting Chappelle or whatever. Uh, Goad was like, oh, you know, fucking Patton Oswalt used to talk about my, like, loving my writing and shit like that, and whatever, he kind of, like, went on. And then he did Ratatouille. Yeah, whatever, like, it's a a thing there, it was like, you know, I think he's just kind of, like, throwing out the baby with the bathwater on his own shit, like, trying to, trying to edge too much, you know? Yeah, he's trying to be an edgelord. Yeah, like, but I mean, I mean. There's great shit in Answer Me. There's like legitimately good shit in Answer Me. Like thought provoking, interesting, good writing. Uh And then there's like kind of like, you know, hate monologues that are like entertaining once or twice. (sighs) Kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, But But it's rage writing. It's like, okay. But it's one of those things where you go like, how much of this can I take before I want to barf? Yeah. If you want to learn more about Answer Me, go back to like, fuck, what, episode 10? It might be like 11 or something. Yeah, Answer Me was a really good episode. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, Oof, boy, I Donnie the, the Punk. Donnie I, think the punk that's, I think that's where you, I mean, I think you referencing Donnie the Punk is when you explained where the word punk came from. Right. To me. Yeah. Oof, boy, man. I think that, yeah, there's other, it might, I might, it might, it's something like, there's some kind of, it could be, Oz or like one of those prison shows or Shawshank or something where they actually went down the tiers yeah. of men that have sex with men in yeah. prison yeah. in a subservient way. Yeah, like it a- doesn't sound like Shawshank. It's probably Oz. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if TNT was doing the fucking pyramid scheme of butt fucking on, on there. <laughs> There's some scenes have been modified for TV. I, 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 think in, I think in Shawshank they just call them the sisters. They just call them the sisters. But sisters it, it, are different than punks. But it's just about Andy getting... Right, getting raped by that. Right, it, yeah. There's no other levels. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's uh, American it's... History X leaves it right out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some history. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where it came from, but uh, it was. Um... That sounds like Oz. It's a TV show. They have yeah. plenty of episodes and times. Yeah, time to 
God, that was a good one, man. That is some brutal shit. Yeah, Jesus, that might be one of the like most. Sorry, I had to stick it up on you guys. I just no, no. Most... So... I'm sorry for interrupting. It's the show. I mean, it's one of the most. I, honestly, we, uh, it's one of the most. It's, it feels more fucked. It's more fucked up than Pan's rant. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in, in a way, in a way. In a way. I mean, it's. In a way. It, I mean, Panzram went evil with his. Well, he was doing. He was doing a lot more raping. So yeah. I, I would say Panzram is more evil. Yeah. And this guy, you know, hey, this guy made some pea lemonade out of pea lemons. Right, right. I think it's. You know, I suppose because it happened to him is not what was done. You know, I think in that sense, it's yeah. Panzram really paid it forward. I just, I just like that. <laughs> that. Like this is like one of those like gay icons to me, where it's just like, well, everything they said I did was wrong, and then I just kind of started following my heart, and it led me here, and then 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 like when you like when you follow the whole thing, you're like. Well, that's a crazy fucking trajectory, yeah, man. Yeah. Like, like then you were seeking out the comfort of like, yeah, oh, it's what he, you know, dude. Like that, it's 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 we. Josh, it's a tale as old as time of like you go back to the abuser because it's it it's what you know and like. But your, but your what, safe but space with, but might with not. New, but with new knowledge every time too, adapting to it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's nuts, dude. It's. It wasn't like as if he was going like showing up going like, oh, I hope I don't get gang raped again. He was going like, I know that I'm okay. In. All right, I, least, I I get the deal it's here. At least I know. At least I know what I'm in for. Right. 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 You know, it's um, you know, we watched uh, uh I guess I don't, I don't want to fucking beat a dead horse, but we watched um, uh, Legend nineteen hundred. Uh huh. And and he's about to get. It's about a a, a boy who's born on a, a steam liner and a, a transatlantic steam liner, and he never gets off. Mm. Ever Weird. for the first no. like thirty years of life. he plays the piano. He's a piano virtuoso, incredible. Can't come, <laughs> not once. Never gets up. It's only Who steam. Uh, but he, <laughs> he gives the opportunity to get off toward the end of the movie, and then he doesn't. And then he gives this great monologue about as he's about to step off, and he's like, "There's just, there's just too much out there, and and I, it's too much at once. But when I know when I'm on the ship, I know that a thousand passengers come on. There's a thousand keys, and like yeah. I know how to play those keys, but I can't. There's just like out there is just too much noise. Control. In, in here, I know I can deal with this cage. Sure, sure. And there's, you know, we as a species, we talk about wanting to be free, but we continuously put ourselves in boxes and cages at our own whim. Well, but the the freedom to choose that is... is, it, is I mean, is, how much of that is is free? Okay, know. but also, here's the thing, too, is that, like, you, know, you look at anybody that's, like, in prison, they can be like, well, I shouldn't be here. I'm not that. I'm this. So everybody's kind of living in some kind of denial, mm-hmm. right? Of course, but everybody so then is you, living in some kind of box. Right, right. But also, like, that's the thing. You don't get that in the main world. In you the main world, in, in the regular world, everybody's, you know, where they're supposed to be at their station or whatever. Like, every, everybody in prison is kind of an outcast. So there's kind of that sort of, like, mm-hmm. life-affirming thing there, too, where you go, like, even these guys, you know, like, like whatever, they're kind of, like, tormenting me. They're still also outcasts like me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 Didn't even do okay. No, sure. I, I. I don't. I, I don't, you don't understand. I don't. I don't, you, I don't understand your. I agree. I. I see. The outside I, world was far less familiar. The the other one didn't just have three hots in a cot. It right. was about. It was about the structure of everybody being, kind of an outcast, a victim of the system. Yes. Okay. 
Yeah, no, I I, I get that. <laughs> you got to take fuck. You got to go to co-host school or something. I don't know, man. <laughs> what the fuck is he gonna do? Yeah, I just don't understand. Like, oh, yeah, we're all we're we're like we all float down here. Thing, I get. What are you saying? What? Like, oh yeah, at least we all know we're here. We're all fucked up. Is that what you're saying? It's just it's it's. Everybody, don't get mad at me. I'm trying to understand. Well, it's not the real world, right? It's prison. It's their real world. It's more real than the real world. No, not if you're trying to get out of the real world and go to prison. To them, it's more real than the real world. It's the one you know. It's the one you choose to be in. It's It's real enough. Not a matter of reality. I'm saying. I'm saying the outside versus the inside. Forget real, because that's fucking your head up. Okay. In the inside, everybody's kind of fucked up. Everybody is 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 like, I don't think I'm what they say I am. I think I'm somebody else. Everybody on the outside is is like I'm fucking you know like I'm this fucking. I think people on the outside are just as in denial about who they are. Okay, apparently not to him. Okay, I I don't know where I I have to trust you on that. I don't understand what your point. Is. Why are you getting mad at me? I don't understand what you're saying, Matt. Am I? Do you understand what he's saying? I'm not like I'm not saying you're stupid. Go ahead, man. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> well, I'm my uh, the, what I'm getting from this is uh, that uh, people on the inside that you're talking about they have their own uh, they have their own idea of what the world is on the inside, right? Right, and it's like firm fucking weird rules that people on the outside wouldn't understand. Right, right, and you can like be like, okay, I accept these rules, no matter how dysfunctional they are. Right, but also, I mean, you're not that far from each other because Aaron's talking about institutionalization and and only understanding, only being. It's a comfort- smaller group. It's a smaller set of rules to abide by. Therefore, but, easier. But only being comfortable in that. You but know? they're also and kind of making it up themselves. Yes, but Ours also isn't the outside. But also, that is comfortable for the person on the not inside. Really. Um, and so, you know, the Shawshank re- reference you're looking for is Brooks killing himself because he's institutionalized. Uh, and he doesn't. The outside world is too fast for him, and the inside world is the only thing that makes sense because there is that the order of it, right? And uh, and anybody who's new that comes into the prison world is put into the system that you're familiar with. When you're on the outside world, anybody new that shows up is on a completely solitary any, any system. Any ex-con is immediately fucking like a, a rogue. You know what I on mean? On the outside, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. like, there's no place you belong out there. Agreed. On the inside, everybody belongs. Yes. No you, matter you, no matter what station. You, you guys are at pretty least much, you have one. You guys are pretty much. Yes, I'm totally in the same page. Agree. I was never arguing with you. I'm trying to get you to fucking elucidate me. Elucidate you? Yeah, that's a real word. You can look that up. <laughs> elucidate you? Yeah, you elucidate me. No, you elucidate your own things. <laughs> no, no, no. You can elucidate me because I'm dim. You shine your light upon me. No, that's me. illuminate. <clears throat> no, elucidate. You can look it up. <laughs> I can look it up. Hey, Siri, define elucidate. <laughs> elucidate means make something clear, explain. You fucking piece of shit. Explain me. You're saying explain Answer me. me. No, you're saying explain me. You fucking dumbass. You elucidate... Dude, Elucidate, that's my hottest new dating app. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Elucidate. This is, it's for the loose. This counts as a compromise. Donnie the Punk, hero or villain? 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to bum out Matt. <laughs> well, he's not the villain. He's pro- he's prison more- aids. Catch it. He's more of a hero than a villain. You yeah, die the hero or live long enough. To- <laughs> yeah, which is not also a thing. Dude, unless you're brutal. Batman. Just a what a. Damn. It's just a. It's just a. It's just something that shouldn't be forgotten. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It's a tale that needs to be told. It should be, it should be heard. It's not easy to hear. And, no. And halfway uh, through it, I could see how bummed out you guys are getting, and I was going like, I was like, I know that the light at the end of the tunnel is kind of the debate, and then also like the weird shit where he's like, oh, no, I want to be there. And like, it, I just knew it was a journey we had to go through, even though it was like not fair, fun. Fair. I not knew, a bummer. I knew, not a bummer to me. You guys both made a lot of bummed out noises. I mean, it, it's totally, rough. totally just. It's rough. It's totally. Well, just a lot of the moments rough. are bummers. But they're we, major bummers. Yeah, but it doesn't but, mean the whole story's a bummer. Not at all. No, but I, I, you know, there's a thing there. You got to remember the martyrs, man. Like everybody's got it too easy, and you got to remember the people that. Fucking got gang raped for you, and didn't prosecute. And didn't. Everybody doesn't have it too easy. Everybody's got it easier than the than before. Yes, but we should also expect it. It shouldn't. It should be easy. It should be easier. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Come on, dude. It, everything. I mean, that progress. Fingers crossed. Things should be getting better, yeah. not easier. Different. There's a, that's a distinction we should make. But remember that. People before you, no matter who you are, mm-hmm. had a had a real bad go for your sake. Sure, whether it's your parents or great grandparents or fucking Donnie the Punk. I remember that. they did so. They they put up with some shit for no other reason than for your benefit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you should not take that for granted. Fair? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, man. Can I get off my soapbox? No, I, 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 I do. do think I think it's a thing where, you know, it's still a guy that didn't want to embarrass his dad, took on a pseudonym. But when the shit was like whack, he was like, let's have a fucking press conference. Right. And then, like, he just because he was, you know, speaking truth to power, like, all these people would come to his side and be like, yeah, fucking Donnie's right. Mm-hmm. And it was just because he was the first person willing to put his face and his name on the line. Damn. Yeah. And then he did it to the point so much that he endured significant physical and psychological trauma for the rest of his life yep. numerous, numerous times. I think, like, have you taken, like, all of the times he was locked up? <sighs> it's like 75 rapes, man. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, where do you even draw the line where one ends and one begins? Like it's well, especially when he's staying with that guy and he's like, oh. Well, especially when it's God's big black dick. I mean, I mean, That's how can you put a? How do you do? How do you contain God? I mean, like, how do you define? Let's stop there. <laughs> I I uh, <laughs> I I don't know. I had to sell it to you guys. I know I know it's hard, but it's uh, it's a good story. It's, and, it's and, just yeah. like, and it's one of those. Those queer characters from like you know before it was mobilized, where you're just like, holy shit! Yeah, the shit you had to go through, like 1972. Like it's it's like in the 70s. You're like, how were we past this? It's not a mental illness in the 70s, but it is still looked down. I mean, it's still fucking looked down upon by a large part of the population in, in the country. So like. And then it's then you get prison, which is like this hyper macho, vindictive, punitive 
power, like you've got, never mind just like the internal structure of the prisoners, then you got the guards who are just like puppeteers. Yeah. Right. But yeah, God, I, 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 just I, 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 I know I know the thing, you know, really bummed me. The out. drinking piss and the rape is the least gross thing about it. But I think I think Aaron was right about the social needs and thing with the you know, the line between good and evil goes through the hearts of every man. It's kind mm-hmm. of like what's mm-hmm. applicable to that one thing. But mostly I think Donnie comes off pretty clear just for wearing it all in his sleep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because everybody can benefit from being that honest in, with themselves, that honest in that position mm-hmm. in that period in time sure. before things got easier. Not that they're easy, but they got easier. Mm-hmm. So Donnie the punk. Thank you. No, that's great. John never heard of him, which is kind of fucked up. No. Next time I wouldn't mind, uh, possibly having Marcelo on the program to talk about Donnie the punk. I just did that. Do you know how the show works? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no, man. no. I got some old Hollywood shit I want to fuck with. Oh shit! Was that the the big two party you? you that was a two parter. Well, unless you got something lined up for next time. No, not next week. No, I don't. All right. Well, I, I'm, I'm working I, on something. I don't. We'll see if we'll see if that's gonna happen. But uh, it's up to y'all. I'm gonna say good night for now. My name is John Fahey. My name is Aaron Peter. Matt Brousseau. Good night, everybody. We love you. Good night. Podcast Network.